It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Sorry about the noise. My neighbor's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Around the Grounds with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Good morning and welcome to Around the Grounds, the Saturday Morning Mowers Club. Adam Peacock here, Nick Davis. What a time of year, Nick. Everyone out there obeying the rules for the last weekend of lockdown and obeying the rules of the Mowers Club, Nick. I'm not sure if you noticed through the streets this morning. Well, you probably leave after 8 anyway, which is the cutoff time <laughs> to get in here. But uh, not one mower out before 8 a.m. I saw. So that's great to see. No, I had a uh, an incident yesterday morning. Yesterday. I had an early morning mower Yesterday oh, morning, no. a, a strata mower across the road, like seven thirty something. He's just doing his best to try. He and get is, his he's just trying over. to get it all done. So, so it wasn't can... a home mower; it was no, someone it was brought a, in. Yeah, so that that gives him a bit of a um, bit of leeway. A bit of leeway, but I've got I've got a really good, a good mowing story actually. Um, for any time in the next three hours. Of yeah. <laughs> well, we got the rev up this morning, and it was one of the most <laughs> inspirational words. Uh, bit of Real. advice I'd. Had basically in my time on earth. It was Gibbo, producer. Morning, Gibbo. How are you? G'day, boys. Yeah, I'm pretty good. How are you, Adam? Yeah, good, good. It was 30 seconds before we come on. Okay, boys, cricket hasn't started. Footy's done. Good luck filling this next three hours. Have fun. I, I like to There's like, lawns to be mowed. There is lawns to be mowed. I like to not overplay my hand here, boys. <laughs> I give you guys the time that you need to say whatever you like about mowing and a little bit of sport. So please. Mm. Keep going. <laughs> Two hours and 57 to go. <laughs> we'll be right. There's plenty to talk about. There's heaps to talk about. Got a good guest list um, this morning. Nick, it's not like the, the number of guests that we've had, but it's quality rather than quantity. And good morning to everyone that's been on the show in the last... <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Lyon. Gaz. Goat. He's joining us after 11 uh, to talk about cricket. Was meant to be in Adelaide right now in hard lockdown, but that... Changed all of a sudden. They didn't Any let him in. Any time in Adelaide is hard lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> Any time. Whenever we played an away game in Adelaide, you felt like you were in even, a hard lockdown. Hang on. Even the night that you uh, got oh, Eddie's no, credit card. And... We had Eddie's credit card on the bar after we beat Port in the prelim. That's true. Yeah. That was a hard flight home. That's what that was. I don't know why was... you didn't win the grand final. <laughs> We had a few weeks to get over it. Yeah, true. <laughs> but true. I just, when we talked to uh, Nathan Lyon, yeah, mm. he, footy, even the the soccer guys, but AFL, and, uh, oh, he's had a big preseason. He's training. The, you never hear that from cricket. Well, he has. Has he? I talked well, to him a couple of weeks ago. There yeah. you go. Have you seen Nathan Lyon kick a footy, by the way? I have. He can slot a conversion from the sideline with a rugby league ball, rugby union ball, and kicking an AFL footy as well. He's from Young, so he's in that hey, belt. I can roll right arm off spin. Just calm down a little bit. I can. Yeah, he can. Look at that trick. You take 399 test wickets. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I Actually, 
I'll save my yeah, nah, another yeah, nah. I'm going to yeah, nah, warny. You can't yeah, nah, warny. I can. Like booing Santa Claus. No, you can't do that. No, because he's saying, oh, no. Save it. I'll save it. Save it. Save it. So Nathan Lyon will join us a bit later on. Yeah. Um, by the way, he's a trained groundsman. He, he is. Is it? That's why they plucked him. the Adelaide Oval? Well, like, the story goes, when he was, he went from young to Canberra to SA. And when he was in SA, you know those ovals around Adelaide Oval? They've got those nice parkland and like they just na- number them. And he yeah. had Park 25, which was a nice little yeah. cricket ground. I think it's now Karen Rolton Oval where they play... Mm. A bit of um, a bit of first class cricket. He was the groundsman there, but Darren Berry, the coach of South Australia at the time, saw him in the nets and said, "Oh, do you want to come over and bowl?" And he actually got called over to bowl to Hussey, Ponting, a few of those guys, prepping them for Graham Swan at an Ashes um, series. And that's where he kind of got noticed, and one thing led to another, and next thing he knows, he's over in Sri Lanka taking a, a Test wicket with his first ball. So. Pretty cool story, but it all it started. Nice hear, it would have been nice to hear it from him. In the... Oh, he's told it a million times. But no, the point is, <laughs> you but dickhead. What, what about the wicket that he would have been preparing? It would exactly. have been he would have had the mower right down low. Well, that's, that's what we can ask. Him. We can ask him. That's the story we're going to ask him. We're going to get him to give us a few tips on making our make it turn square. Make it turn square if you want to in the backyard over summer. Uh, and Melinda Farrell as well. She'll join us. Cricket Report. She'll, she's just around the corner talking about the Australia-India series that's going on at the moment. Hopefully they can get through the game later on tonight after uh, the one the other night got binned when it rained again in southeast Queensland. But more importantly as well, the Ashes, all the news coming out of England and what they're hoping to achieve in terms of their bubble. What bubble? How they're going to get around the joint? What exactly is going on? Melinda will tell us. She's from Sporting News. Alex Brosk. Brosky will join us to talk a bit of football. Socceroos in action oh, at the moment. You're so happy, aren't you? There's a little bit of... There's a little, there's a little bit of... A bit of mail going around that Newcastle <laughs> United might improve in the next couple of years as well. <laughs> we'll get to that in the next segment. But uh, takeover of Newcastle United in the Premier League. And uh, Ben Damon, the boxing this weekend. Wilder Fury. Looking forward to this chat. Uh, mm. Sick of watching YouTubers and Paul Gallon fight. <laughs> Sick of it. I want to see. And I think for bo- for boxing to be forefront, it, it needs good heavyweight. It, it, it's always, yeah. there's been Floyd Mayweather, Pacquiao, all those sort of guys. Like A lot of those middleweights that come through, huge for boxing. But the big heavyweight fights, you need that in boxing. Boxing has always been labelled as, oh, it's the death of boxing. Oh, this is a farce. Oh, this is a joke. But then fights like this kept on getting thrown up and then interest, huge interest. Huge. It's interesting for the trilogy because the first fight was a draw. Mm. And then Fury won the second. So sometimes with the trilogy, you normally get the yeah. the decider, but this could be a, a wilder and then they go again. Hey, just with NFL, know you're um, all over it. What happened with our Aussie yesterday? Dicko. Dicko. Swans Academy graduate. Not the guy off Australian Idol. No, but Michael Dixon. Yeah. Who uh, Seattle Seahawks, so... Tell us his bit story. Of a, bit How of a backstory. He, um, he was a St. George Junior, uh, Swans Academy. Uh, he was in... He played in the first ever Swans Academy, and we're, they were under 15s, and in that side was Isaac Heaney. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Dixon was in there, now mm-hmm. uh, punter for... not. Uh, he doesn't put the bets on for Seattle, but he's the... <laughs> the, <laughs> the punter for the Seattle Seahawks, and Tom Trevojevic was in the same side. No way. Yep. 
Wow. Yep. And only Heaney made it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, uh, Michael Dixon, he played. Well, here's one for you. Yep. Next week. Do you want me to try and get him? Get him on. Time difference. It might have to. Time difference. Oh, Time difference? Because we don't. It's four o'clock in the afternoon to... over there. Is it? No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. He's in Seattle. Yeah. West Coast of America. I know. Michael Dixon. Yeah. Sorry to make it <laughs> give you a chore. Oh, I thought I'd been over these. I got everyone last week. I got people coming. All right, so Michael Dixon. Nick, can you wash the dishes <laughs> and get Michael? Oh, right, eh? Right, eh? All right, I'll do the dishes first, then I'll get Dicko on. Michael Dixon. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I don't want to like, hold you a gunpoint to be we able digress. to do it. Yeah. We anyway. Digress. Go. Played uh, Swans Academy. Um, all of our all Swans representative teams didn't get drafted. Uh, was always a beautiful kick. Was a um, was a beautiful kick of the footy, and went over to to Texas uh, University. Um, could he have made it in AFL? Yeah, he could have. Like mm. he, he was in our um, yeah in our squads all the way from fifteen through to eighteen. I said missed his draft year. Uh, probably could have kept going. There's a few things he needed to work on, but he said it was a great kick. Opportunity came up for him to go to to Texas University. Uh, one of the big, uh, big football schools over there, and uh, s- spent three years there. Um, his side won the the championship. He was the, um, I think he was potentially the first or second punter ever to be en- named MVP of a of a bowl game, which is their mm. their finals, and was um, was drafted to Seattle. Yeah, and, um, he's making a. I think he's been there at least four years now, four yeah. five years. And punter winning an MVP is a bit like a player off the bench playing 15 minutes as a backup hooker in rugby league and winning man of the match, isn't yeah. it? It's yeah. uh, unheard of. Yeah, so that's unheard of. And uh, yesterday in the uh, in the game, Seattle versus uh, the, the LA Rams, um, he punted. It got charged down or, or smothered in yeah. AFL rugby league. Six again. Six yeah. again, play on. So the uh, ball was spinning on the ground. Everyone was not sure what was going on. So he ran after it, scooped it up one hand. Beautiful pickup like he was coming off the halfback flank. Um, got in front, back in front of the line of scrimmage because that was where the uh, the conjecture was about the rules. There, I think the the umpires didn't know what the rules or the referees didn't know what the rules were. Anyway, so if you kick it again from behind the line of scrimmage, yeah, it's you can't do that. But because he got in front, and it was only just, wasn't and it? And it was only just in front. He, uh, Did he know that when he was doing it? You reckon? I don't know. <laughs> He's just I don't quick, know. He was... before I get smashed by one of these hundred and fifty kilo wild men. And that could be men. potentially why he didn't quite make it. <laughs> <laughs> the potential of getting smashed it wasn't his. Uh, it wasn't his. Um, his high point to coach. <laughs> and um, no, but he got a punt off, and it was sixty eight yarder, and um, yeah, and the uh, the Americans. Um, Talk about you around the socials. It was. Uh, oh, it, didn't it, they go it nuts? Was a, it was around See, the socials. Right, oh, he only hey, picked it was up a ground a, ball. Yeah, he only just <laughs> picked up the ball and kicked it again. It was <laughs> turn like turn the AFL on every weekend. You see someone <sighs> scoop up a ground ball, dodge a couple of guys, and kick it. It's so. like he split an atom. <laughs> Calm down. Anyway, good on him. Yeah, instinctive play, and they got beat Seattle. So they didn't get beat <laughs> didn't, didn't by more than two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and the score was under 53. Oh, what about your sick beat last week? <laughs> <laughs> Gibbo, did you see this? 
Did you see what happened to his multi last week? No, what happened? It, it's so bad that Tristan stopped sponsoring the show. There's no more <laughs> stupid multi. He stopped because you actually got one. I got one, but his one, it was a three-legged. We got the draw. I got the I've, draw, the $4.20 draw. I've te- well, I got the draw and I passed it on to him, but I text you at 11.30 how good we're alive here. He's only got two more legs in the NFL. He got the first one. The Baltimore Ravens at two twenty into a dollar and. And then the second one. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I tell. Oh, I am. No. What, t- what were the teams? Detroit. The Detroit Lions were playing the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears? Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Gibbo, did you see this? I did, I did. They had a field goal to win the game, and it was from how far out? About 50? 50. 50? Had a field goal to win the game, to win the multi. It hits the crossbar, <laughs> goes up, and lands literally a foot the wrong side of Nick's multi. <laughs> and, and it it's hit gone. the crossbar. And not only just, like, bounced straight back, it went up in the air to prolong the hope. That's that- happened a lot in the NFL. <laughs> Justin <laughs> Tucker, he kicked on the week before. So <laughs> it's like that one. You see it on the movies where they're, like, the slow motion. You're like, dunk, dunk, dunk. <laughs> Dunk. Dunk. Uh. So not one multi got up. No, no. We got Adam. the oh, it was your one, one, but Nick's stupid multi. Nick's there was stupid one multi. got up because of the void, right? But there was no <laughs> all winners. Yeah. So next year, Nick. The pirate multi, always one leg short. <laughs> so pr- Tristan is gone. Gone. <laughs> There's no top sport this morning, thanks to top uh, sport. <laughs> Tristan, he's he's closed the company. He's. No, they're still in operation, but uh, he's no longer sponsoring the show. I think we should ring him. Shout out. <laughs> just, no. No, ask him. Ask him live on air. What's going on? I don't think the sales department want us to. They want to hold the value of whatever value we have yeah. for our spots. <laughs> the so. mowers is through the roof. <laughs> We've got feedback as well. It's hey, all happening. Or on the I'm mowers. I'm not sure about this. <laughs> I, think this I think this random feedback is um, you just wanting some more airtime. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure about our merchandising department. Yeah, well. Because Kano... Has text in 0457736736. Good morning, Saturday morning Mowers Club members. Gents, just wondering how far away are the Mowers Club Terry Towling hats yep. from us being able to buy, please, Nicholas? Well, we were in the process and then head head office head office emailed all. It's a good on your on your iPhone and you get email and you can see who it's from and then you get the the preview line. Mm. Got. Email from Jeremy Markin. Good morning. Loving the Saturday morning mowers, and I'm not alone. And then it sort of got, and then I thought, uh oh. <laughs> 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 I was like, uh, and, and I thought the next bit was going to go, uh, yeah, but unfortunately, I want to keep it. But it wasn't. That yeah. SEN loved the mowers. And then it was yeah. head office has gone, listen, hold up production of you. I don't know if you've got production going of Terry Towling hats. <laughs> T-shirts, but hold up because we're looking for merchandise partners and and, and mm. so on and so forth. So we've handed it. Mowers members, Mowers <laughs> members, we're, we've had we've handed it to marketing and of of SEN, and they will get back to us. Give me that to actually. Oh, I'll put that on my to do list. This oh, week. thank God! I thought you were going to say, give me that on you, <laughs> mate. I've got a I'll follow up. You got a busy week ahead, Nick. I'll You're follow right. up. I need to make two phone calls to, to Seattle do. and. <laughs> Find out where the mowers Terry Telling hats are. Yeah, it's a must because it's getting a bit warm. It 29 is getting degrees warm. today. It you is. need to cover up when you're out there, mowers, and yeah, make sure you look after your. Thanks your skin. for that, Kano. We're onto it.
We're into it. Uh, cricket at the moment. There's there's a shield match going on. Um, Queensland in reply two for uh, 122 in reply to Tassie six declared for 500. Obviously playing on a road over there in Adelaide. And the IPL couple of matches last night. Uh, one of which the, the Mumbai Indians 235 of their 20 overs. Stop. Oh, sorry. Carry on. Go. Well, I stopped. Yeah, you know, I bring things for. Yeah, you know, I do things. I make things happen. Yeah. Tristan wants to come back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. I'm not leaving. <laughs> Tristan is in. <laughs> Tristan is in. Ring him now. I want to get him on, I, get him on the phone. I want him I want to be in. The phone now. I, I don't want the sales department <laughs> ringing me on Monday morning going, no. no. Breaking breaking news <laughs> on the Saturday morning mowers. He's listening. Are you guys happy if I ask SEN if we can stay involved for the summer? He signed the new contract that had only started in March. <laughs> He's asking Monday. He's not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not leaving. Well, we'll take a break and get him on. Yes. Let's go, Gibbo. This is Around the Grounds. The quickest off-season in the history of sponsorship for Tristan Mellahan <laughs> from topsport.com.au. It lasted 20 minutes. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Welcome <laughs> to the show, Tristan. How are you, mate? How are you going? How are you going, boys? Yeah, I've just had our quick off-season. We've had our Mad Monday on uh, Thursday night. And you did, actually. Get, get he did, to too. He did. Oh, yeah? He did. He's had a big... Tristan, the big Panthers man. He, uh, he, he, he tied one on. He had a big... Uh, had a few wins. Uh, sponsor of the um, the Eagles in the in the Sandfall. They won Sandful. the uh, they won the premiership. The topsport.com.au okay. uh, Eagles. They won. Penrith Panthers. No affiliation there, but apart from just his heart and, and love for the game, got the win. And then he had a bit of a, a bit of a do during the week. So mm. you, you have celebrated. Yeah. You, you didn't break any trophies or anything, did you? I didn't break any trophies, but obviously when I uh, read the uh, agreement for next year and uh, we signed on the dotted line on Friday and. Uh, I was uh, getting prepared. As you know, I always do. I prepare very hard for this show when I come on for our little segment and then I was refreshing the message from Nick to load the uh, load the stupid multi in and I got a black armbands uh, message and I was trying to work out what that oh, meant were... and then I uh, had a quick look at the contract and realised for some reason there's a six-month gap in it for some some unknown reason. So we'll get that sorted on uh, on Monday and we'll be back and well and truly involved with the show. I, I, I'm just worried though, like with the success and the... Uh, Mowers Club. Yeah, and sign that contract early, mate. Down. Sign it. Sign yeah, it. Yeah, I'm just wondering if one of the uh, the big Irish-owned companies might have come in and tried to no. cut our grass, no. so to speak. So, <laughs> hey, we're loyal. I'm the funny guy here, mate. We're loyal, and you've woken up this morning and realised the news and said this. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. This is my home. They're going to need a wrecking ball to take me out of here. <laughs> that's exactly. You must have a camera in our office because that's exactly how it went down. We got the door slamming and everything going on. So yeah, no, I hundred percent will be all back. All the boys on the trading floor got the chanting going. It'd be great there in top spot. Oh top yeah, something the chest. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. hey, uh, Tristan, were you laughing as hard as I was when that uh, multi of Nick's oh. last week got beaten by a a, uh, a was, field goal gone wrong? Off, off the uh, the crossbar it was uh, we got a couple of messages back and forth. It was uh, I don't like normally um, 
rubbing in the misery of, of punters <laughs> when they when they do a multi. But Nick's a special case; it's a, it's a good one. But we, you know, when, when I also was uh, very excited to see you break your duck as well, Adam. Oh. The, uh, the big win on Saturday, so we um we, we couldn't pull the pin on the uh, on the charity multi right now, especially when we just we've had our second most successful. Uh, I haven't done a multi. <laughs> You so. can't point at me and say, I haven't done a multi because I thought we were done for multis. I have to wait for later on when we get back in the studio. No, this is the only time he's on this morning. Oh, I'll do a multi and I'll, I'll well, say you, it on the show later. And I'll you do it. I, I've got one, um, mate. I'll, I'll back up because the Pelican Pundas Club, it's my bet uh, this weekend uh, with my mates. So I'm going to have a go. Um, I'll have a, a two-legger down in Melbourne, please. Yes. Actually, no. Uh, one leg down in Melbourne, one up in Sydney. So September run in the Scalacci, race five. Race five, Scalacci, uh, September run, $2.90. We'll put that on best of the best. And uh, up in Sydney, um, the horse not named after uh, Nick Davis, Paul Lele. Um <laughs> Race five. Yeah, the, the Godolphin horse. So it, it's a, a multi, those two. Coupled yeah, up, please. Money, right? Well, we'll get that sorted. Uh, both of the best, of the best. So we'll have that on, and then we'll uh, we'll look to keep building this bank in the off season, so we can uh, yeah we, we we can put it towards a, you know the, the cancer cancels. So sounds good to me. And uh, yes, I was uh, I was shocked as you were when I when I was listening to the show this morning and was wondering what had gone wrong. So that just everyone out there that has a business, make sure you check your contracts very closely and don't do it after Mad Monday. <laughs> good day of racing today, though, isn't there? What uh, what's going on with? Oh, huge day. We got uh, we got four Group Ones this this week actually. Uh, today we got the uh, the big race, obviously the Caulfield Guineas, where Animo, one of your uh, your favourite horses from a couple of weeks ago, two ninety into two eighty. But Artorias has been very well back, four dollars into three seventy. Uh, but I think all eyes will be on Zaki in the Caulfield Stakes. Maybe not from a betting point of view, but with the Cox Plate only a fortnight away, I think everyone will be monitoring how how the champ goes. A dollar twenty five into a dollar sixteen, so the punters have stepped into the dollar twenty and the dollar twenty five and gone pretty hard. And then the big race, which I'm really looking forward to, is the two rack race nine. Uh, Superstorm, I think, is a massive chance here. Fourteen dollars into nine, very big go, and I think it's uh, it, it, it's a it's a big chance of causing an upset. At uh, close to double-figure odds, Elephant also a decent go as well. So and then we've got the mm. Spring Champion in Sydney, the other Group One on the day where it's a uh, it's a pretty even affair. Head of State was four sixty to open. It's been backed into three seventy, and Profundo the uh, the opening favourites out to equal pick now three twenty out to three seventy. So huge day racing. We're getting right into the middle of spring. Tristan, just quickly in regard like the the racing New South Wales, the VRC. Competing is it good for you as a as a bookmaker to to sort of have these good races sort of split everywhere? Or Jesus is a question to buy some more time for his multi. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> no, it's not. Or would you rather have um, you know, all these good horses like the bigger fields? Like you got Zaki down there in in a six horse race at a dollar twenty. Is that good for is that good for business? Yeah, well, a race like that probably isn't great for business, but the, on that race in particular, but it's almost like the Winx effect. When Winx used to go around, um, you wouldn't hold a lot on that race itself, but the day the day itself will get so much more profile. You get a lot of people watching that race, not necessarily betting on it, but then betting throughout the day. So I, I think that's a positive, and I think no matter if you, if you had races in Sydney and Melbourne, Zaki would probably hold a pretty firm favourite, and maybe horses would look to another week or another day. So I don't necessarily think the... 
Sydney Melbourne side of thing affects that. But I, I think when you got the really big race next week's the big one where you got the Everest and Caulfield Cup yep. competing. Um, so you've sort of got those split races. But I guess the only thing that probably hinders it is when you've got the, the more pop up races, which uh, take a few of the horses away. On those, I think the real key features stand on their own two legs, and it doesn't really matter too much. But it's the the next rung down that I think maybe moves that talent pool away a little bit. But, you know, we've had a really good spring so far and we had a really good Brizzy Carnival. So it's, I think racing's kept, uh, ticking along in the right direction at the moment. And now on Around the Grounds, it's time for Nick's Stupid Multi. What are you, stupid? What's the matter with you? Are you stupid or something? I'm as stupid as a stupid does. Are you crazy or just plain stupid? Are you stupid or something? Stupid as a stupid does, sir. Here we go. It's like Easter Monday. He's moved the rock out the way and he's back to life. I am, and I've got it sorted. We'll go and uh, something that's <laughs> been sprung on me. I haven't been able to get my learned friends, uh, and well done to anyone that uh, followed my mate in here with the uh, the Manchester United-Everton draw last week at $4.20. Mm. Uh, well done there to Adam. But I've stuck to the NFL, something I profess to know something about. Um <laughs> This game, I've got the Denver Denver Broncos to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is very interesting. If Teddy Bridgewater clears concussion protocols, I feel that there will be a, a, a fair bit of money for the Denver Broncos. So they're $1.83 at the moment. I'm betting on Teddy Bridgewater uh, covering the concussion protocols. I've got the Green Bay Packers against the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll back uh, Aaron Rodgers against Joe Burrow in that game. At a dollar sixty, the Carolina Panthers trist. I think they've been uh, they were undefeated. They they put up a, a not a bad show against the Dallas Cowboys, who have uh, who have played not like the Dallas Cowboys this year and have been pretty pretty good. So Sam Darnold there with his new side, they're going good. Christian McCaffrey could be back this week, the number one running back in the competition at a dollar fifty nine. I think that's good odds. The Raiders will bounce back a dollar forty. And the side that beat the uh, the Raiders, the Los Angeles Chargers, I thought Justin Herbert was outstanding last week. And they play the the, uh, the Cleveland Browns. Back in Mayfield is uh, is not throwing the ball very well at the moment. He's got an injured shoulder, and they're a dollar seventy two. I think they're good odds. So the five leg multi, as I uh, on my look right now, on my topsport.com.au app is eleven dollars sixty three. Eleven sixty three, and yeah, I think the charges are really flying under the radar. Justin Herbert, as you say, he's uh, he's been really good this year. So I'll put a hundred on that. The stupid multi will keep it alive for another week. Mm. Hundred on it at eleven dollars sixty three. So that's all locked and loaded. Happy days, and uh, all money, of course, going to the Cancer Council. Yep. Some went in last week, uh, about four hundred or something like that. You know exactly, yeah, you know exactly how much. You know exactly yeah. how much you were. something like that. You got one when you, but he got a bit of sympathy out of the. Wonderful sponsor we've got on the line right here after voiding. I just got the, the sponsor thing. back. Don't leave him. Be nice to him. <laughs> he got himself back. Sponsor with an asterisk at the moment. Sponsor with an asterisk. Potential sponsor. It could be a bit of a blind, a bit of a blind bidding war. There. Good luck with that, mate. I'm happy to take a little bit of a haircut to keep you on board. Uh, Trisha Miller. Good morning to Jeremy out there for listening. <laughs> yeah. I'm just doing some business in here. Yeah, we're the sales department now. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Tristan. Thanks, mate. Uh, good to have you back on board after the 20 minute. Um, non-committal and uh, we'll talk next week mate in greater depth and uh, might get your thoughts on possible outcomes for the Premier League title now that Newcastle United are owned by the richest people in the world so happy days yeah well I have got a little uh, someone put a question to me which we'll chat about next week about Newcastle actually but um, I'll either talk to you guys next week or on March 22nd so <laughs> I want one of the two cheers mate have a good one Time now to talk a bit of cricket on the Saturday morning Mowers Club. We will talk about that Newcastle United purchase a bit later on, Nick, just to 
really enlighten your morning with a bit of information. I'm looking forward to it. Well, there's a text on the text line. Uh, boy, surprised Nick hasn't got the Shearer 9 jersey on today. <laughs> Look out, Adam. He'll be hitting you up soon. Happy mowing, lads. I like that. Thank you, Matt. Cheers. Thank there was you a little bit that. of that. Um, the few, I think I might admit how much Shearer's done. With the, the Collingwood connection there. Ah, yeah. yeah. Black and white stripes. Yeah. Fair enough. Let's talk cricket now, though, shall we? And uh, senior cricket writer for the Sporting News, Melinda Farrell, joins us right now. Uh, Mel, good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm great, thanks. Sun's shining. Uh, I'm in Orange where it's uh, tw- in the 20s today. They're talking about 22, 23 degrees. And I, so it feels like it's cricket season finally. Beautiful. Um, and we are the Saturday Morning Mowers Club uh, out in Orange. You you out there on the Combine Harvester or something this morning? <laughs> or the, the ride-on mower? Or are you, you in town? Uh, yeah, I, do you know what? I did mow my mother's lawn uh, this week and she's sitting out there now and a great discovery uh, we actually found a cricket ball. So she's sitting out there having a cup of tea with a cricket ball sitting on the table. So uh, You didn't find you it know, whilst mowing, did you? That can you be quite dangerous. You, you didn't, didn't go over the, <laughs> the ball. That's, that's ball tampering. You can't be doing that sort of business. That's, uh, that's, next, that's next level if you get the groundsman to run over the cricket ball. That absolutely gets it swinging, um, just banana-ing, reversing <laughs> stupidly. Well, yeah, as long, as long as it's not sandpaper. That's all we can say, as long as it's not sandpaper. You can run over it with a yeah, mower, you just can't use sandpaper. Fair <laughs> enough, I got it. Now, Melinda, you've given us the uh, the weather forecast for Orange. What about the Gold Coast? Please tell me that there's uh, going to be no form of precipitation this evening so we can get this match done because uh, India look to have Australia on the rack in a few of these matches that they're playing at the moment. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Look, it's, a, it's one of those things, isn't it, that this time of year, uh, storms coming up on the Gold Coast are basically a fact of a fact of life. Um, but that's what happened. They weren't originally supposed to be being played there. They were supposed to be all played these matches in Sydney, Melbourne, and Perth. And um, would have had a Test match at the Wacker, which I think you know the Wacker pitch would have provided a much better uh, environment for the for the players to to play that that solitary Test match. Uh, but India have have really, I guess, shown. We've, we've talked a lot about Australia. You know, they had record run in ODIs. That they've been dominant in all formats of the game, really, uh, it, for so long. In, in any time they've played, uh, but it really has felt that they are up against a side that could beat them at any time. They're missing some really key players. They're mi- missing Rachel Haynes, the vice captain. They're missing Jess Jonathan, the spinning all-rounder, and they're, they're also missing Megan Shute, who's the best, you know, number one ranked uh, bowler in the world in, in the T20 format that they're playing at the moment. So it's a real test of Australia's depth and the young players who are coming through. And uh, India have, have looked to dominate. They, do, they beat them in the last ODI. They came very close in the second ODI. They dominated throughout the test match, really. Uh, and they... But we were playing a cracking T20 uh, the other night when the, the rains came down and prevented a game being played. So this is a really brilliant series and really exciting for me to watch to see Australia being properly challenged throughout uh, by an extremely good India side. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it's important that we all want our, our sides to win and our national sides to win, but is this a good opportunity for this team that was so dominant for, for such a long time to one, be challenged and see how they react to it because they're not going to have it their own way in the, in the women's cricket format uh, for, for their, their whole lives. And, and to get some, some new players into this side, who, who are these new players and, and how are they faring? 
Well, to the first point, I think it's good for world cricket. Um, and as, as hard as that might be for Australian fans, gee to hear, but Australia's really led the way in professionalism in women's cricket. The, the WBBL has been uh, fantastic for bringing through new talent and just increasing the professionalism of the women's game. Uh, but, to, but I think the whole world thinks that, gosh, if, if India can beat Australia, if India can compete really well, then that increases perhaps the likelihood of a women's IPL, which would again, you know, yeah. just take it to another level. We know how huge the IPL is. It's good for the Australians too, I think, especially with that uh, 50 over World Cup coming up uh, in February and March in New Zealand, that they need to be challenged. And since the pandemic started, since the T20 uh, World Cup last year, which Australia won, uh, obviously in front of 86,000 people at the MCG, they'd only played New Zealand. That was the only country they played until this. And now you've got them being challenged by India. I think that, you know, England will send a very, very good side uh, to play in the women's ashes later in the summer. And then you have the the, the 50 over World Cup. So uh, I think that, that India pushing Australia throughout this series is really good. Um, the, the players who have come through, I mean, they're, it's sort of the fast bowlers in general that that Australia have been uh, sort of looking looking at, or I guess the most excitement around the likes of Darcy Brown and, and Stella Campbell uh, playing in the Test match and doing pretty well. It was pretty hard for them, I think, playing a format that they just never play. You've got Hannah Darlington, the captain of the the Sydney Thunder. She she made her T20 debut uh, and didn't sort of get to do too much uh, in the first match. So she's another one. There's a, a lot of excitement around her. And Taylor Vlaming's back. I mean, she broke the speed gun. I don't think the speed gun was quite correct when it was saying she was bowling at 145 kilometres an hour, but she certainly was sort of up between 120 and 125 uh, in that game there. So she's she's really exciting as well. There's, there's some great players to, to watch there, but it, it's pretty hard coming in and making your debut against uh, some really some really mm. experienced Indian players as well. Yeah, I saw that speed gun. I've I've used that excuse <laughs> when I've got a speeding fine a couple of times. It didn't work, but um, yeah, it was a, it was a little bit out. But anyway, hey, um, now what are you hearing about uh, overnight? The ECB, the English and Wales Cricket Board have given their conditional approval. It seems for an Ashes tour. To go ahead, what has happened over the last couple of weeks? The toing and froing and demands and uh, requests about having to quarantine looks like um, Southeast Queensland. They're going to come to first, the English, and then the families join later. Has it been a real struggle to get to this point, or did you feel it was always going to end up this way? Certainly, whenever I spoke to people at Cricket Australia, they were confident the whole way through that. Look, and I wonder sometimes if if some of the things that have been out in the press are are sort of a negotiating tactic, if you like, you know, to to push for uh, more conditions that the players want. Uh, I do think that there's been a little bit of that, although having said that, that there are definitely players who've had very serious concerns about coming and spending that much time in hard quarantine, then a strict biosecure bubble, whatever those arrangements might have been. And they've toured a hell of a lot more than the Australians, let's, let's put it bluntly, when it comes to actually 
participating in world cricket. Australia hasn't uh, to the same degree as England. So some of them are just frankly sick of it. But but Australia, the, the conversations that they've had, they've felt at an ECB level have been very, uh, very uh, you know, cordial and positive the whole way through. It's just been about bringing the players along and then making sure that the players uh, are happy with that. So uh, the most recent sort of uh, toing and froing has come back with them being largely satisfied. And I think now they're just going over the fine details of things like how much, you know, freedom they might have if they're, if they're in a resort uh, on the Gold Coast, how much freedom they might have within that resort, uh, the, those sorts of small things. And, and of course, as we all know in Australia, the, <clears throat> the hardest thing is not really getting into the country, it's moving around the country. So the, the freedoms or restrictions that they might have as they go around, they're the things that I think are being ironed out now. But I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm just thinking, thank the Lord that they're coming out because they've been so worried and so looking forward to this series. So hopefully... Uh, everything will be smooth, and they'll be they'll be heading over here pretty soon. Melinda, I saw the uh, the Barmy Army uh, fired the first shot in the ashes uh, at Tim <laughs> Payne. They took a bit of a shot at him. But they, they were trying to compare Tim Payne, who's who's a wicketkeeper, with his his um, batting record or runs in his career against Joe Roots, who's obviously a specialist bat. Um, over his runs this this year, and Joe has been in incredible form, and it'd be really a wonderful thing to see him come out and take it to the Australian bowlers and and put on a you know really really competitive series. But trying to compare uh, Joe Root and Tim Payne, it's not like apples and oranges. It's like I don't know flowers and wardrobes. It's 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 a pretty funny it's comparison. It's like mine and Adam's but... golf game. Are you trying to compare my golf? <laughs> Adam and I are playing. It's used to D. Be like, oh, okay. I see the difference. I get it. It's not really there, but it's You're just a sign. It's, it's, it's almost a sign that nature is healing, isn't it? When the Barmy Army can come up with something that's kind of ridiculous and people will buy it anyway. So, so once we know they're coming, I expect all the, the most ridiculous banter and, and you know, tough talk and, and all that sort of thing come to the fore as it always does. Oh, well, I can sit at home in England because they can't get in the country with their trumpets at 2 a.m. over there and have, have a good time sledging Tim Payne in their lounge rooms. Anyway, uh, we will miss the Barmy Army, though. Hopefully there's a, uh, there's a satellite kind of operation set up here with the, all the expats and a bit of atmosphere in the grounds. Melinda, uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for the update and uh, the, the font of knowledge that you have in the sport of cricket. And uh, have a good day out there in Orange. And hopefully you're on the road soon with um, covering some cricket in the grounds when you can get across borders. I'm very confident I'm going to be there at the Gabba. Don't you worry. Nothing will stop me. Awesome. Thanks, Melinda. Melinda Farrell joining us uh, from the Sporting News. Yes, stay across Melinda's work because it's detailed and all over it as well. That was an unwarranted slipper, Nicholas, about the golf game. That's a great analogy. (laughs) If you say so. This is Around the Grounds. So... In New South Wales, in the Greater Sydney area in particular, things open up on Monday. And it's got Nick Davis a bit excited because he might get part of his social life back, much of which has been spent in said establishments, which a lot of people are looking forward to opening up again. Pubs and clubs. Pubs and clubs. Uh, And you had a talk topic this week that you came up with. So please relay this once you pick your pen up uh, to 
our listeners. Our talk topic for today, uh, text in 0457-736-736, is what is your pub or club anthem? What is the song that reminds you of your best times when you were doing your absolute best work at the pub and the club? And I've got a couple. Mm. I've got a couple that, um, that really I bet you do. That spring to mind. My first one is probably my pub anthem. Uh, it is, uh, it's closing time, semi-sonic. Because you're always there. <laughs> this is my pub song. Because <laughs> at 3am the lights came on. <laughs> That's my pub song. Yeah. That's my pub song. So that. Uh, Go and get so a kebab. So, yeah. <laughs> Wake up four hours later, I went, oh. Generally, really? the pub, you don't need the kebab because you've had a decent, you've had a palmy and chips or something on the way, or, <laughs> or wedges, or wings. I'm a fiend for wings. I can't see up. why Paul Roos would have had an issue with you. <laughs> we had him on the show, mate. You had all this opportunity to ask him these questions. <laughs> anyway, so that's my pub one. So we're all on yeah. those lines. My nightclub one is, uh, is this one. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. You could just imagine me stomping around, <laughs> just fist pumping, double Smirnoff in one hand, fist pumping in the other. You can imagine it. I had it described to me once about, you know, Wayne Arthur's the great Australian tennis player. Yes. He Lefty. was such a good dancer to music like that. He could be dancing with six girls at once and they'd all be happy. And I could imagine that you'd be <laughs> no, something similar. No. no. <laughs> Tried it. Didn't work. <laughs> so. So just, now there. we've got our sponsor back. We've got yeah. 200 up for grabs for your best. Oh, and, we'll, and we'll play them. We'll find them and we'll play them. We'll give uh, full credit, credible airtime to them. So your best pub, pub or club anthem. I had no life, so the, I'm to get you to, in the mood. I'm having to dig deep to try and think of one, so like I'll, happened, I'll get back to you. This happened a lot to me. I'd be driving home from the SCG after a game, and <laughs> I'd, I'd ring my mates before I got in the car. And go, what are you doing? Like, no, nah, I'm going home. I've, it was a solid game. I'm going home. From the time I drove from the SCG to the Sutherland Shire, one of these songs would come on. I'd get home. All right. Be Let's like, get the scent. I'm not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and then the message would just be like, as I said to Todd or to, or to Birdie or whoever it was, or it'd be just church, that northeast church on Sunday. Church. Question mark, question mark, question mark. 0457 736 736. Text in your great club or pub anthem 200. Thanks to Top Sport, our returning sponsor. Yeah. You're listening to Around the Grounds. Gonna get a run, yeah, wasn't it? Has to. Pub club anthem. How good. Oh. oh my goodness. Thank God Geordie came with me this morning or else I could have ended up anywhere this afternoon. Geordie's <laughs> staring at you as if to say, I'm not related to you. <laughs> Morning lads, number one here, the tune, JS, the lawns, what a day to be alive. Pub anthem that I killed the dance floor in the big market in Newcastle, big nightclub area in Newcastle and northeast. Uh, King England. Street, you would have been at King Street. Venga boys, we like the party, bring it, JS. Thank you, mate. Back with our second hour, uh, just around the corner. Alex Bryce, a bit of football, plenty else. Nathan Lyon on the way as well.
This is Around the Grounds. Welcome back. Adam Peacock, Nick Davis. We've had to keep up with the run sheet this morning. (laughs) We've been doing everything. Oh, you're looking at it for the first time. I'm trying to keep up. Saturday morning, Mowers Club. Uh, Hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning out there. Good morning, Mowers. Keep the texts coming. We've got a few to get through a bit later on with uh, 0457 736 736. Your favourite pub or club anthem. Anthem. You sing along at the pub. and you Yeah, just hugging randoms. (laughs) Getting in trouble for it, maybe. Um, but no, hugging ra- aunt randoms, your mates, just jumping around as one. It's great. Um, a text, though, on a mowing theme. Yep. Hey, Nick, before our next guest. Morning, Adam and Nick and fellow mowers. Just a question. It's going to be 32 degrees in southwest Sydney today. Is it acceptable to mow the lawn in budgie smugglers from the greenkeeping rooster? Yes. Yes. Yep. At your own risk, at your own peril. A lot of <laughs> things can go wrong. A lot <laughs> can go wrong. You had to think about it, though, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. I, don't, I just want to know what sort of image we want to portray of, of the Moles Club because it's important. Mm. I, mm. I, want, I want us to be able to – I'm thinking about like a, a like a letterbox sticker, like a letterbox sticker. So when you walk past yeah, – we used to have the – what was it called? The the safe house. Neighbourhood watch. Neighbourhood – no, no, no. The yellow triangle. Yeah, the yellow triangle thing. What was that? Mm. Like you had it on your letterbox and you're a safe house, so you could like, – Neighbourhood watch. Is it? Wasn't it? Yeah. Was it? I don't know. Uh, anyway. That's another club for a Saturday morning. <laughs> mm. But I went, like, when you walk past and you see the little sticker on the – wherever on the letterbox, you go, oh, yeah. Got a Mowers Club That's sticker. That's a Mowers Club sticker. Yeah. Okay. I've got all these, all these ideas. Well, speaking of Southwest Sydney, one man who is in Southwest Sydney, I'm not sure he's going to be in his backyard and his budgie smugglers mowing the lawn. You never know, though. Is former Socceroo and part of the SEN family here, and he's uh, part of the Global Game, which returns this Thursday night from 8 p.m. here on SEN 1170. You can listen on the app around the country. Alex Brosk. Brosky, how are you, mate? Good. I'm good. I'm good. Just hearing your conversation there. Uh, given I live on a main road, I definitely won't be doing that. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> are you a mower, um, Brosky? Or you get someone uh, in? I, I Look, I. I used to get someone in, um, and mate, I've got I have the smallest uh, patch of patch of grass. That was twenty bucks a twenty bucks a fortnight, and then you know I thought I'll do it myself. And um, the 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 lawn's actually just completely gone to rubbish. So mate, I've got more bindies than pieces of grass. Mm. Um, stay, and now I've Brusky, bought, stay, uh, stay tuned to the show because we'll have all your answers. <laughs> people will just come in. And, <laughs> We we've got we cover all that sort of business. Don't worry about that. Doesn't sound like he cares no, too much good, for it. Though. He will. I don't. I don't. <laughs> to be fair though, I, I have bought a new place now, and, and I've got um, I've got two and a half acres. So I've, I've I've actually had to buy a ride on now. So <laughs> here we go. That's a, that's this is our market. This that. is our I market. Enjoy that. You're our market. <laughs> hey Broski, let's talk some football, shall we? Uh, firstly, the Socceroos um, kind of kind of flew past the the radar a little yesterday because it was on at, at five a.m. But still. Uh, you were part of the, the 10 coverage. Good win. Very good win. And then now it's 11 in a row for the Socceroos. Never de- been done before by a national men's team. But more importantly, three in a row in this phase of qualifying. Set it up really nicely. And, um, yeah, what do you reckon of our chances of qualifying automatically for the World Cup next year? Look, uh, given the start the boys have made, um, the start japan has made which has been incredibly surprising um look i think so i think this next game on tuesday against japan is is one of the biggest clashes we've had against them just because of what it can do for us but as well for for japan you know if we beat them over there which is very very possible given 
the, the form they're in. Uh, we, you know, we leave Japan on three points. We go to 12, and I don't think we can be caught from there, you know. So it's a, it's a massive game, but I really, really fancy our chances. The boys are playing great football, even, you know, in the game in Vietnam, which wasn't great. They're still getting the results. So, look, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're very much looking good to qualify. Individually, who's impressed you in uh, in the games? Um, there's been a few players actually. Rustic, for one, I, I, I've really enjoyed just how how confident he's come into that team and made that position his own at the moment. You know, uh, with with Moy um, not playing football and, and not getting too much game time, it, it's brought Rustic into this team, and he's um, the way he's linking up in midfield with with Jackson Irvine, with Tommy Rogic um, has been good to watch. You know, so I've, I've enjoyed watching him develop, but. The front three as well. I think Mabil's been great. He's been scoring. Um, you know, Boyle as well. Boyle is such a good and, and important part um, of our of our attack. And we missed him in Vietnam. You noticed when he's not there. So that's always a sign of a good player that when he's not there, he's um, you know he's definitely missed. So probably those three have impressed me more than anyone. You know how Graham Arnold works so well. Given the time at Sydney FC, you had um, a successful time. As well, uh, when you were playing with the Socceroos, like Holger's team, very effective. Uh, when Ange took over, it was high possession and, and a different style. What's the DNA? What's the, the standout about this group of, of players? And, and why have we got off to this start? Um, for me, I, I think it's just uh, how, how much planning Arnie does going tactically. So for me, it's the tactics that are, that are showing through in, in this, you know, this qualifying campaign. I think Arnie... He leaves no stone unturned when it comes to you know checking the, the, the tactics of the opposition. It's I think in past we used to worry more about ourselves and didn't concern ourselves too much as long as we played well and did our thing, then it didn't matter. And, and Arnie is very much like that, but he does like to make sure he's he's well covered in how they can hurt you, how they play against uh, you know the, the bigger teams like the Saudis, like Japan, so that when we we go up against them. We know how to break them down, and that so that tactically, I think that's the part that Arnie is most is strongest in. You know, I think he knows how to break down teams. You know, when they pack the defenses, how to still find ways to create opportunities and score goals, but also, you know, when we lose the ball, all right, who are their dangers? How are they going to how are they going to counterattack us, and um, and how do we stop that? So Arnie is very big on rest defense when we have the ball, and. Um, so that tactical part of the game, that's the part that I see um, has really, that this team has really benefited from. Uh, Broski, A-League now, look, Daniel Sturridge signing with uh, Perth Glory. Where does he sit in the the the, the category of uh, of the internationals that have been signed to the A-League? Obviously a, a massive name from the EPL. It's massive and it's it's come out of nowhere, really. I mean, yeah, we, we, we are sort of, getting ready for the A-League to start and, and just the buzz that's coming with that in itself. And all of a sudden, they sign someone like Daniel Sturridge. I think it's it's right up there. It's definitely in the top three, four, five. I mean, you look at Del Piero, one of the biggest in the world. Uh, that's hard to top. Um, but and, and other guys that have come through as well. But Daniel Sturridge, given his age, given you know where he's been playing even recently, I think that's a massive, massive signing for uh, for Perth, and and well done to them. At the end of the day, we want big players like this, and it's hard given, um, you know, the the money that is is being thrown around in the Middle East in Asia for us to be able to compete with that. So to still attract a, a player of his quality is he, massive for the league. So I don't know how he's going to go with all the uh, travelling from Perth to 
Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane every second week. Uh, I don't think they've told him about that part yet, but mm. either way, to have him here is great. Well, he's going to Perth, so he won't be able to get out of the state for a while with McGowan. No, that's anyway. true. That's true. Uh, just on that, I, I read a report this morning, Broski, um, on football.com.au, that there's up to um, there's a few clubs that are having a few issues with uh, vaccinations with players. Now, if there's mandates around the place, and it's a bit of a... No, I don't know what you've heard. Is it going to be an issue ahead of the season, do you think? Or knowing how football clubs work, the PFA might get involved, they'll try and smooth things over and it'll be okay. You know what? I I've, I have been speaking to a few people and I think it, um, it... I don't see it being an issue, a big issue. At the end of the day, most of the players um, are vaccinated. So I, I know that for most of the league, I don't think this is going to be a thing. I think the PFA... Is, is has obviously stepped in because there are some concerns of some players. At the end of the day, it's it's this has never happened before. You know, it's unprecedented. It's a it's a worldwide thing, and and you know whether you want to or don't want to, this is this is a, a much bigger bigger story. So I think I don't know how it's going to play out exactly. I think eventually, um, look, you, you see it in the NBA. You know, a lot of players decided they're not going to get vaccinated, and then the league just basically said, well. In that case, you, you can't play. It's that simple, you know. So I think, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, their contracts and things like that, I don't know how it's going to go. It, it could get a little bit messy. Obviously, no names have been mentioned just yet. But um, look, given most players are vaccinated, I, I can't see it playing uh, too much of a of a role in the season going ahead or anything like that. I think that's still planned to to happen. There's there's a, a small number of players that um, that this does affect though, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. Hey. Also, you've played in the Middle East, um, not in Saudi Arabia, but uh, you would have seen the news overnight that, or last couple of days, that Newcastle United yeah. uh, got taken over. Welcome by... to Newcastle United <laughs> Radio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what, like, the demands that are now going to be on players at Newcastle and all of that will be extraordinary, won't they? Like, everyone now expects, because you have money, that you succeed and um, is it different in the Middle East and the expectations from people who own football clubs over there compared to other places that you've played? No way. It's, it's, it's more, it's, it's weird because they have money. They have this, uh, and, and I definitely experienced it. Uh, and, and any player who's gone there, they have this expectation. Um, it, it's strange. It's almost like they live in a, in a, in a, you know, fantasy land of, of um, when it comes to football and it's like playing FIFA or, or, or Pro Evolution, whatever you play, right? So the, these guys, they bring players in, and if after six months they're not, they're not happy, it's on to the next guy. Who else can we get? So I played with a guy, Michel Bastos, who, um, I mean, he, was a, he played for Brazil, national team played for Lyon when they were at, at, you know, flying. And, um, and they signed him, and within six months they said, oh, well, he's not doing what we wanted him to do, so he's gone. So he went on loan from the club I was at, LA Inn, to Roma to play Champions League, so he wasn't good for good enough for uh, for you know the UAE Pro League, but he was good enough to go and play for for Roma in the Champions League. So the, the expectation that they have over there is very 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 high, um, and because of the money that they're spending, basically. So I, I think they will be expected to uh, to make some massive signings and do well with it and, and try and win the Premier League within a few years. 
Cool. That's crazy. <laughs> you wait till how much we start talking about it then, Nicholas Davis, uh, each and every Saturday morning. <laughs> hey? hey, Broski, looking forward to uh, the global game with yourself and Simon Hill returning on SEN this Thursday at 8 p.m. Obviously, also, we didn't get to it this morning, but you'll be talking a bit about the, the Matilda situation, which is uh, what seems like an endless story, and there's more and more coming out yeah. about that. So um, you'll, you'll get your teeth into that one and plenty else <laughs> as well. So looking forward to uh, the show returning this week, mate, Thursday night. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, boys. Yeah, very much looking forward to getting back with Simon and, um, yeah, chatting football and chatting uh, what else is uh, is happening in the, in the world game. Good stuff, mate. Uh, good luck with those bindies at home and um, wish you well <laughs> with the purchase of the ride-on mower. Thanks, boys. Thank you. Alex Bross joining us on Around the Grounds, the Saturday Morning Mowers Club. Back in a moment with Yenna. You're listening to Around the Grounds. Floor filler. Oh, it's a filler. <laughs> it's a filler. You know, this is what I'm trying to yes it's about. You know the songs that you and your like, you can be uh, anywhere in the establishment, right? You're yeah, the back of the, the pokies. So you're in the or... back, you, you, you put a 50 in the slapper and you've got a couple of mates over there. You've got a couple of mates doing his best over here and a few blokes watching the booty. And, and then a, this and comes a, and on. And the song comes on. Hey, you just raise your drink and you're like, <laughs> you just give him the nod. <laughs> like, you're right, yeah, we're right. And you just keep going. And then, oh, I'm right. Or, or you get the, come oh. over here, come over here. Mate, all I can think I of when I, look, when I hear that song <laughs> is the Jet Club in DY and Bourbon <laughs> and a very sticky floor. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, welcome back. 200 to our, thanks to Top Sport, to our best um Best entrant in the give us your floor filler, give us your your, your pub your, anthem, your, pub and your, your club, club anthem. anthem. You, yeah. It's going to be opening up. What what are you looking for? What song gets you? Gets the boys singing and yeah. Daniel from Adelaide, uh, regular listener. Nick absolutely stole the song out of my head. Closing time, a classic. Yep. Uh, Man, it was a good night. You'll go with Daryl Braithwaite, horses at the pub. Unpopular opinion, but an average song when sober. There was another. There was another one as well. Horses when the DJ finishes in the members area about 90 minutes after the last. <laughs> after the last. <laughs> or before the Cox Plate. Yep. Yeah, it's an anthem. It's an anthem. Um, it's got its spot. We'll get- the Fanatics in Russia actually flew Daryl Braithwaite over to perform at a club in Kazan for us all in front of 800 well-lubricated Australians before the first match against France, and he belted that out, and, yeah, it was uh, Well, what else epic. is he going to belt out? <laughs> <laughs> one summer? Once, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. If we get someone text in one summer, they'll win the t- <laughs> If that's an anthem, please. And Daniel from Adelaide, uh, this one as well from Daniel, uh, at the clubs it always got every single female on the dance floor. Yes! Yes! The late, great Whitney Houston. I love Whitney Houston. Want to dance with somebody. Let it go. What, just play this for the next five minutes? I can come up with another multi. Are we going to get to the chorus or? (laughs) It's coming. Here we go. go. Yeah. We've got yeah, nah on the way, but we'll wait for this. Here we go. Here we go. Yep. That's a good one. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Gibbo. Uh, okay, let's do this. 
Now on Around the Ground, it's time for... Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. I'm yeah yearing you for not saying and now and now. Come on. Okay, I got one. Yep. Heard this story uh, from my uh, local coffee shop the other day. There was a guy that he knew. (laughs) Friend of mine. Friend of mine. Friend of a friend. Wasn't me. But... I feel sorry this weekend someone out there is going to be the last person to cop a fine for something that you'll be able to do on Monday. So whether it be congregating in a group of six or seven mm-hmm. at the park and not five because you'll be able to do that on Monday, but so we're under should. the restrictions still. Rules are rules, but this one, far out. This is a this is a shocker. This is as bad as you getting beaten multi by hitting the crossbar in that NFL game last week. A runner, he, he was out running this guy. Didn't have a mask because he's doing strenuous exercise. So he stopped to say hello to someone and they were just walking along. Cops come over and say, mate, no mask. You're walking. He said, I was just running. He's profusely sweating. No, you're walking. $500 fine. Where's your ID? I'm sorry, I'm out running. I don't have my ID on you. Another $500. Oh. $1,000 fine. Yeah, no. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. It's pretty ordinary. Pretty ordinary. That's quota. <laughs> <laughs> That's just getting the quota. Everyone's going right. We've got three days to get this done. We need, yeah. We need to get out of the Here you go, Sarge. I've got a few people today. Anyway. My year now. I've got a couple. I'm year now. It was a bit of around the social, bit of year now, but Warnie going, oh, how many more wickets would I get on DRS? Warnie, sometimes you got given a wicket when it was missing, mate. <laughs> no, you can't just go. Oh, I would have got more wickets because of when DRS was around. You got enough. That was plum, though. It was Steve Buckner. The Steve Buckner. It was halfway up middle. It was missing leg hitting middle, as oh. they like to say in the, in the in the cricket terms. Yeah, it was missing leg hitting middle. But come on, Warney, you've got enough. Don't give me. You would have had more wickets with DRS. You might have had a few less. So shame on. Yeah, nah. Got there eventually. Got there eventually. Kyrie Irving. Oh. Now, I'm not yeah knowing that he didn't, he hasn't taken the vaccination. That's his personal choice or whatever. I'm yeah knowing the fact that he's come out with this quote. There's a lot of questions going on in the world of Kyrie, and I'd just like to keep that private. Oh, and is that the third or fourth person? I don't know. He's third person himself. It's an automatic. Yeah, no. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. Come on, man. You're better than that. World of Kyrie. Okay. World of Nick. I'm yeah, narring the Penrith Panthers. You can't Mm. break the trophy, mate. No. You can't break the trophy. Did you try in 2005? Leo Barry put a dent in it. He (laughs) took it to Daniloquin and it fell off the back of a ute at a ute. uh, It got a dent. There was a dent in it. But I'm not sure. Actually, I am pretty sure. I've been, like, the Roosters have You get a replica. So the Swans, we got the, the Premiership Cup that you get presented, and then they give you a replica. So for the lunatics that want to go around and do it, I don't know if they if the Panthers broke the original or the replica, but Penrith Panthers, mm. this is what everyone was worried about with Penrith winning the carry-on that was going to happen. And it's been... A fair bit of carry-on. Paul Kent has gone whacking the Telegraph today. So they should. <laughs> Having right. a crack at them. Basically saying I was it. happy for Fenders to win, and then I just wanted to shut my eyes from the carry-on that was going, okay, what it? 
Just don't have a. Don't break the trophy. Tell you what, I'm yearning just quickly. Yep. James Fisher Harris's undies two days after the grand final that he was still in that he played in. Because he you can you can put your kit up. back on. You can put your kit back. You can put your kit back on. That you can change undies and put your kit back on and go back out. He, he hadn't removed the tape. He hadn't changed anything from walking off that field. There's no way in the world he had a fresh pair on. No way. So we've got a few. We say, Horrible state of affairs. Yeah, knowing Penrith for breaking the trophy. Yeah, nah. Nick, I've got a confession. This Mowers Club is going strongly a month in. It is. But I haven't brought this story up before. Okay. It happened a long time ago. This is like sitting in the confessional. Okay, I've got to stop. Here we go. We ne- we've lost the sponsorship because I yeah, nah, the Panthers. Tristan's not happy. <laughs> <laughs> Top sport. <laughs> we love the Panthers. <laughs> um, but my confession, back when we just moved into a new place, uh, about 2005, I think it was. Yep. I think. So when you're in your pomp as a footy player, was. I was just battling away in the suburbs there, suburbia, suburbs even. And I decided one day to fix the lawn. It was looking a bit brownish. Oh, it would have been this time of year. I thought, sun's out. Okay, I've got to give this a little push along. So I went and kind of fertilized the lawn. Three days later, said lawn was the color of Warrywood Beach. Little sandy was the color of the lawn. <laughs> went back to check what I put on the lawn. I'd sprayed it with weed killer. <laughs> and it wasn't the one that allows the buffalo to survive. I killed my grass. You did a full strip back. I did a full strip back. So I was off to Kennards to get the uh, the lawn, like the thing that you dig the turf up with yep. and start all over that, again. Yeah. So that, for me, 13 years, or oh, 15 years ago now. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, yeah, no, nah, yeah, no. Nah. Horrible. Last one along the mowing lines. Mm. This is another friend of a friend story. <laughs> uh, walking <laughs> along, uh, just walking along in front of uh, houses. <laughs> uh, saw a lawnmower out the front of a house. Just a lawnmower sitting on the front lawn. <laughs> Said person thought, it's a good lawnmower. Well, they're throwing this lawnmower out. <laughs> Took the lawnmower and pushed it home. <laughs> Pushed the lawnmower home, thought, I can just get a catcher for this lawnmower. I don't know what they're throwing it out for. Yeah. It wasn't out there. The person was just empty in the catcher and went inside <laughs> to get a drink. <laughs> it was a friend of a friend, was it? Friend of a friend. Friend of a friend. Friend of a friend. <laughs> so just pushed the lawnmower home. But I don't know, not quite sure how far I had to push this lawnmower home with no catcher and think, oh, this is a perfectly good lawnmower. I just got to manuf- manufacture some sort of catcher or get one, a replacement. Old mate's gone, obviously, to empty, turned it off, emptied the catcher, gone inside to get a drink or whatnot, gone, walked back outside, and his lawnmower was being pinched. And then... Surely you know that there's a bit of heat coming off the lawnmower. It's just been used. Uh, Come on, man. So there was then a post on the little area Facebook site. Did Mm. anyone steal my lawnmower? (laughs) So he's had to do the walk of shame back with the lawnmower. Did he do it covertly? Like 10 o'clock at night? Oh, there you go. It's one of those ones where you just put it. Sorry. So that's a a, year. No. So if there's a lawnmower sitting on the front lawn, just assume that it's being used and don't just push off with it. You can't get it in the council cleanup anyway. What? Lawnmower. What do you mean? 
You put everything in there. No, you can't put a lawnmower in it. Geordie sat in the front. Next, the council can be like, Geordie, you sit out the front. Oh, jeez. A text before we go to the news on the lawn mowing theme. How good when you finish the lawn, sit out the front with the grass and smell of two-stroke all over you. Then the neighbour across the road fires up his lawnmower and you both give the nod. Boom. JS. Thank you for that. That is that's perfect. What the, that's what the, the lawn mowing community is about. Mowers Saturday morning mowers. Behaviour. Oh, nearly forgot the off button there. Dragged it back late with a little pause there. Welcome back to Around the Grounds, the Saturday Morning Mowers Club. Adam Peacock, Nick Davis with you on SEN on the app as well. 0457 736 736. Give us your pub anthem, the, the, either the floor filler or something that got things going when you're out with mates or your lady friend, your boyfriend, whatever. Uh, best club, best pub song, <laughs> Nick Davis. There's a few here, and I reckon Ben Damon might have a nomination as well, and he joins us right now, Ben Damon, uh, for main event all over the boxing. We've got a massive fight this weekend. We've got Tim Zoo on the horizon again. Ben, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, Mr. Brightside, I reckon. I don't know yeah. why, but everyone oh, seems to... spot on. Everyone seems to run to the, uh, well, dance floor, or create a dance floor, don't they, when that song comes on? I don't know what the relevance it is to yeah. of it, but um, I don't think anyth- to be one. I don't think anything's going to top Jack Rewalt joining the Killers on stage after Richmond finally won a flag. That, uh, as far as moments <laughs> goes, was pretty unique. Anyway, um, mate, this uh, Tyson Fury, uh, Deontay Wilder fight, the, the trilogy... Uh, they've had the weigh-ins. I've seen them gobbling off at each other uh, this morning, which you'd expect nothing less. Um, mate, what's the latest with this fight? Should be uh, should be a beauty. Yeah, that was um, fascinating, the uh, the weigh-in this morning. Um, we had it live on Fox, and, um, yeah, they sort of took it to a new level. They obviously don't like each other, and they've got plenty of history having fought twice, and um, particularly after everything that Deontay Wilder said after the last fight. He accused Tyson Fury of um, doctoring his gloves and, putting all sorts of things in them and doing this and that and all sorts of um, wild accusations. So I think that's really uh, enhanced where Fury's taken things. And, um, yeah, he went to another level in terms of his sledging at the weigh-in today. Um, the most notable thing, really, that happened, aside from all that, was that they're both uh, heavier than they've ever been. Fury, just a couple of kilos more than he was last time around when he was at his heaviest, so he's gone heavier again. But Deontay Wilder, he's significantly heavier than he has been ever before. So four kilos more than he was last time that he fought, which was in the second fight against Tyson Fury. But about 12 kilos um, more than he has been at other stages of his career. So he's really tried to add a lot of bulk, um, a lot of size. And and obviously what he wants to do is render Tyson Fury unconscious because really that's his only chance of winning. But he um, he has a big chance because he's the biggest puncher in, in boxing at the moment and maybe the biggest puncher in the history of the sport. Yeah, man, I saw the uh, the Wilder Fury um, thing on Fox, and, and he he does look he, he does look bigger, uh, Wilder, but he he looks cut, he looks fit, he, he's changed up his training regime, he, he looks in in really good shape. Yeah, he's been doing a lot more weights. He's been pretty vocal about that, and he's um, really tried to add a lot of size. He's naturally a, a huge man, but he's um, he doesn't carry a lot of weight. He, it just falls off him. So he's really tried to add some size to himself and a lot of that would come back to what happened in that second fight he, he came up with a lot of excuses as to why he was beaten including that his uh, suit that he wore to the ring was too heavy <laughs> after that last fight but um never really what happened. i never tried that one I, <laughs> let me just write that <laughs> yeah. one down 
Oh, he went to the absolute bottom of the barrel. He came up with just about everything. But um, he, he said his water was spiked as well. He sacked his um, corner man who threw in the towel when he was being battered. But um, really, he has gone back and had a look at that fight. And he's, he's figured out that what happened is that Tyson Fury was just too big and was able to lay on top of him, use that weight and push him around and really dominate him. So he's trying to be a bit stronger and a bit bigger and more of a presence in the ring uh, in this fight. And um, it, it'll be interesting to see how that impacts his ability to throw his shots because he's been such a devastating puncher as a lighter man. So now that he's heavier, uh, the query is whether that enhances or, or detracts from what he already has in his arsenal. Maybe he's going to be slower as he moves around the ring. Maybe he's not going to be able to find Tyson Fury, but maybe it adds to his power. And now if he hits Fury, he won't be waking up. Um Ed, Tyson Fury is, is king of the dad bods, basically. He's um, he's never going to win a, a bodybuilding contest, I dare say. But that's not what he's about. I saw you interview him through the week, and he's he's pretty articulate. He's pretty to the point. Um, he's sharp. What's sharper? His, his wordsmith abilities in, in cutting replies or his ability to, to dodge a punch and, and tag an opponent? Yeah, I had a mate this week uh, after watching that say he's going to be in Hollywood movies as a as a lead actor, Tyson Fury. And I, I think that's just about right. He's got such a presence to him and he, he really is brilliant with the turn of phrase and um, he's got a, a great amount of character. Um, but he's just such a sublime boxer. He's six foot nine, but he moves like a middleweight and he's just so hard to hit. We saw in the first fight between this pair that Deontay Wilder can find him and he can land big shots on him. And even early in the second fight, he did land a couple of shots, but... He's just so difficult to hit cleanly because he's always moving and he's been boxing since he was four years of age. It's it's in his blood, you know. So, um, yeah, he's, he's an incredible character, but he's also a, a fantastic boxer for a heavyweight. Whereas Deontay Wilder, he's more your brute power sort of specimen. He's just there to try and knock people out. Fury, he's not about that. But last time he said that's what he was going to do and it's exactly what he did do. So we wait and see which version of Tyson Fury we see in the ring tomorrow, whether it is going to be that boxer who tries to get a decision or if it is going to be the brute who dominated Wilder in that second fight. Ben, is it important for the boxing game to have the heavyweights? I think as a sport, to have the two heavyweights and these guys are generally you know, have a bit of a, a dislike for each other. Is it important to keep you know, the sport in, you know, in the forefront of, of people's minds? Oh, yeah. If the heavyweight division's strong, then boxing's strong. And at the moment, we have a really, really strong heavyweight division. We went through that period after the golden era of the 90s with the Tysons and Holyfields and Lennox Lewis and, and the like. And then we sort of had a, a, an era dominated essentially by the Klitschkos. And yep. they were phenomenal boxers, but not very entertaining. And they weren't uh, particularly entertaining outside the ring either. So it didn't really capture the imagination of the sporting public. But now... We've got these guys like your Wilders and your Furies. And, and Wilder's really important too because he's an American. So that gets uh, America back on board with the uh, with the heavyweight division where they sort of had dipped away with the Eastern Europeans dominating. Then there's obviously Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua is the other big star of the division. But he was beaten uh, a couple of weeks ago by Alexander Usyk, a Ukrainian uh, cruiserweight who'd gone up to heavyweight. So, um, yeah, it's sort of unsettled where things are at. But the division is really exciting again. There's a lot of characters. And, and the great thing about it is they're all fallible in some way. Wilder, well, he can't box. He can just punch. That's all he can do. Tyson Fury, prior to his last fight, we didn't think he could punch. We just thought he could just he could box. So he seems to be the, the standout at the moment. And Anthony Joshua, well, he keeps getting upset by people that he's expected to beat. Andy Ruiz and Alexander Usyk. And now Usyk's in that mix as well because he's got 
a fair few of the belts. So it's a very, very interesting time in the heavyweight division. And hopefully at some point, what we're going to have is one fighter with all of the belts in the division. We got close to it with Fury against Joshua. It was meant to take place around now. But instead, we've got this fight for the WBC version of the belt. And then we've got Alexander Usyk holding all of the others. And he's got a rematch with Anthony Joshua at some point. So maybe late last year, we have that unification bout we've been waiting for. Tim Zhu, uh, so just over a month until he's scheduled to fight uh, November 17 on the Gold Coast. Firstly, um, what's the latest as to where that location will be and how Tim's going to prepare for that, given that uh, the border between where he lives uh, in Sydney and also Queensland is locked? Yeah, well, at the moment, the plan is for everyone involved in the fight, including myself and um, and the fighters on the undercard and trainers and and others involved in the promotion are meant to be going into sort of a bubble situation uh, on the Gold Coast, leaving uh, late October uh, ahead of a couple of weeks in the bubble before you you head out and um, have the last week of promotion on the Goldie. But that's not due to take place until uh, sort of the 26th, 27th of October. Between now and then, as we know, anything could happen. So Mm. uh, no limits to promoters. They've got everything booked for the uh, Gold Coast uh, Convention Centre. So that is the plan for November 17. But they know if things do change, maybe they'll have to switch to Sydney. So there's there's a, a little bit of um, an insurance policy going on with regards to maybe having to switch that fight to Sydney if, if things do change. But their preference is to just continue on and, and go ahead with um, with things on the Gold Coast. It's been tricky for Tim because um, his gym has been closed. He hasn't been able to go and and do all of his training. But uh, thankfully, another gym in Sydney has had uh, things set up for professional boxers to to go and train and um, to to continue on uh, as normal. And he's been able to shift his training to that gym. So uh, he seems to be well prepared and and ready regardless of of whether it heads to the Goldie or if it is in Sydney. Um, As for Takeshi Inouye, his opponent, well, he's got to come out from Japan and then do a couple of weeks um, in another uh, quarantine facility um, before he completes the last of his training uh, on on in in Queensland rather and uh, heads towards this fight on November seventeenth. Uh, the undercard for this fight, Ben, on MainEvent.com.au. What are, what other fights are there to look forward to on the uh, the Fury Wilder card? Oh, it's all heavyweights tomorrow. So there's four fights in total, and they're all heavyweight fights. Um, some really good ones as well. Um, some some up and coming stars of uh, the heavyweight division. Uh, there's a rematch between Robert Hellenius and uh, Kalnaki, which is a, a really interesting fight. Effia Jagba is in the um, in the co-main, a massive puncher originally from Nigeria up against uh, uh, a Cuban heavyweight. So, yeah, it'll be a, a really entertaining card with some some big guys, and uh, it all culminates in that massive trilogy fight between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. And um, well, anything could happen in that fight because we've got um, we've got such a slick boxer, one of the best boxing heavyweights we've ever seen, and a devastating puncher in Deontay Wilder, who's uh, going to be trying to throw his shots and and do what he couldn't do the last time around. Ben Damon, really appreciate the update, mate. Looking forward to that fight tomorrow. You can get it, of course, on main event, mainevent.com.au. But as we say goodbye, mate, uh, you opened up with this, your nomination for the floor filler, got you going at a club, might get you going through quarantine when you get out amongst it on Broad Beach there, some of the establishments. Let's go up to the DJ and request this, mate. Thanks for your time this morning. Will do. Thank you. I'm up now. Thanks, fellas. <laughs> You're listening to Around the Grounds.
Tim from Riverwood. Used to DJ at a pub in southern Sydney. Sonia Dada, lover, lover. Never failed to fill the dance floor for a sing-along. Yeah, I'm good pub sing-along. Four fillers, pub sing-along. This is what we want this morning. Yeah. 0457 736 736. Best thanks. one. 200, thanks to topsport.com.au. Our uh, newly found sponsor. Our new sponsor. <laughs> we love him. <laughs> uh, hey, boys, pub song... Throw your arms around me, hunters and collectors. Oh, track N- nightclub song. Oh, with a bit of double, double like. give it with a mashup. <laughs> double hit, double shot Tuesday on a Saturday morning. Yep, that's a pub song. Yeah. That's a I've when had twelve schooners. I love you. I love you, mate. Oh, I love you. I'm sorry. You're such a good mate. You're such a good bloke. Good. Yep, that's a good song. And a nightclub song. Let's see how good Gibbo is. No, he doesn't have it yet. And <laughs> <laughs> load it up in the uh, little jukebox he's got happening he's over there. We're killing it. We're going, this is a great topic. And Gibbo's, oh, my God, I don't have to do we'll, so much work here. We'll I've get, got a double shift. <laughs> we'll get the Green Creeping uh, Roosters uh, nightclub song a bit later on. Um, now. Now. Now, the topic, and it's it's everywhere in the run sheet. Wherever I see it, it, it just pops up in the run sheet the whole way through. So I'll give you a top five. Be- of what? I'll just give you a top five of, of what this news means in the last 48 hours. Newcastle United. Mm. It's quite incredible. So Adam Ru- Peacock's beloved Newcastle United have been sold and bought yeah. by... The Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund. So. Can we get them to sponsor? <laughs> In co- co-sponsorship with topsport.com.au? I think you guys will be the first thing cut and uh, probably me too, actually. <laughs> top five, the worth of the top five owners in world football. Yep. As it stands. Number five, Roman Abramovich, Russian owner of Chelsea. He's worth... Ten billion pounds. I'll go in pounds. Here. What's his? What does he do? Uh, he got in really quickly when the assets of the Soviet Union opened up. When things opened up at the early nineties, okay. Oil, gas, he got those the things. Yeah, yep. Just businessman. Perfect. Andrea Angeli, uh, Juventus, eleven billion. I think he's Fiat. The the car. Oh yeah, yeah. Eleven billion pounds. Uh, the dude who owns Red Bull whose name I won't try to pronounce because I'll get it wrong, but he's an Austrian fellow who owns Red Bull. Red he Bull. owns RB Salzburg mm-hmm. and RB Leipzig. Uh, he's worth £15 billion. Pounds. That's a lot of Red Bulls. It's $4.50 a pop. A lot of floor fillers. <laughs> <laughs> I've contributed a lot to that $11 billion, whatever. <laughs> oh, hang on. It's 10.30. Time to switch from beer. What do we go to? <laughs> Can I have 10 vodka Red Bulls, please? Hey. There's a snappy little hundred. Goes straight across the bar. So, uh... Our Austrian mate from Red, Red Bull, 15 billion pounds. Yeah. Sheikh Mansour of um, Abu Dhabi, mm-hmm. ruling family of Abu Dhabi, Manchester City, 23 billion pounds. They're worth a billion. We're waiting for topsport.com.au to work their way into. So number two is on 23 billion. Lord Merlehan. <laughs> yeah, Lord Merlehan <laughs> needs a bit of work. He's sitting up there. And he's the... got to have some good Saturdays <laughs> if he's going to get on this list. Right. Number one, we'll Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund which is closely linked to the Saudi Arabian um, ruling family. Mm-hmm. $320 billion okay. pounds they're right. worth. $600 million, billion Aussie dollars. Oh, 
It's obscene. Billion, Absolutely obscene. Now, obviously, there's the, the point of view. Why? And it's a valid point of Why? view. Why would this person with $300 billion pick the worst team in English football and go, oh. <laughs> no, no, no. Not going to get me. Why? 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 I want to know. What? Massive Why? opportunity. Yep. They're basically buying one of the worst houses on the best street with the best views. Buy low. Buy low. Renovate. Flip it. And take it to another place. Okay. Manchester City were hopeless for a very long period of time yes. before 2008 the they yeah. came in and yep. just went whack. Yep. And it took them a few years, trial and error. Eventually they got their recruitment right. Four years later they won the Premier League, the Aguero moment. Yep. It's probably going to happen along those lines with Newcastle. But the big thing is obviously the human rights record of the Saudi Arabian mm-hmm. government. There was a journalist um, who was basically, well, he was assassinated and they got a hacksaw out and, yeah. yeah, did what they did to him. And that was trailed back by the CIA, CIA to someone in Saudi Arabia that has close links with this particular investment okay. fund, so, the Crown Prince. You don't want to be the goalkeeper in India. Uh, no. So this <laughs> basically it's uh, buying the best, uh, the worst house on the best street and yep. also uh, opportunity, Newcastle, Unbelievable um, supporters, football town like you wouldn't believe. You think Melbourne and AFL or Newcastle times okay. ten with football. Also, there's the the issue of you know trying to uh, change your image in the eyes of the world, and okay. that's what they're trying to do here. So we'll see how it pans out. Newcastle fans, different world we're living in right now. This is around the grounds. Hey, stop the fight. Hey, fella. Absolutely. Greenkeeping Rooster. Absolutely. That was the second one. That was the uh, one that, you know, nightclub song. <laughs> Just from anywhere. Who's the college football team that does Wisconsin. that? Wisconsin. Yeah. And the whole... Check that out. Check. On, uh, go on social media and, and check it out at uh, Wisconsin uh, University. The whole stadium goes to Burko. Blow your mind. Uh, we've got Nathan Lyon on the way. Yes. On, we're jumping around about that. Uh, he's coming up on the other side of the 11 o'clock news. You've lined up a racing guest. Oh, Trent well. Edmonds. Yep. Of uh, Trent and Toby Edmonds. So uh, they've got a runner in the uh, Caulfield Guineas today. So we'll chat all things racing. He's got some good stories too. We go back. Here's the news. Word to your moms. I came to drop bombs. I got more rhymes and the bottles got songs. And just like the This is Around the Grounds. Yeah, welcome back. We, uh, we're in prime mowing conditions today, I think, oh. with that weather report. <laughs> yeah. Backyard's going to get it going over this afternoon. I'm glad you said backyard. Backyard? Yeah, the front yard. It's either the front yard or the backyard. <laughs> Might go the side angle as well. No. Um, yeah, looking forward to uh, getting out there. And Can we get the that sun. on the weather report? Remember there used to be the surf report all the time? Yeah, what, call it the mowing report. The mowing report. Today is great mowing conditions. Mm. What's the first thing that you're going to do when we're opened up on Monday um, that's different to how you're living your life at the moment? Probably nothing. Probably nothing. It's not going to change that much, I is it? I don't think it is. I actually don't like it. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't like, I'm not a pig hunter. You don't, don't like people. <laughs> I'm actually quite happy and content. As much as I like it, and it's our phone topic on oh four five seven seven three six seven three three. Can't wait to get back to the pub. I'm, it's not number one. I need to go, oh, I can't wait to go back and get a scooter out of it. Oh, okay. mm. 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 No, I agree. It's not going to change that much. 
the ability for family to come around and visit. Yeah, will be good. there's going to be good stuff. Yeah, the good stuff is going to be good. Mm. I've but got you, I've got concerns for pe- <laughs> for people's social behaviour the next weekend. Yeah, the irresponsible you ones. But you can't you, you can't be too irresponsible because if you go somewhere you you only got to, you can't stand up. You're gonna you can't have. Uh, I read it uh, last night. On, I was uh, doing a bit of research. Vertical <laughs> consumption. What? That's what it's called in the uh, hospitality. Vertical consumption. Drinking yeah. while standing up is okay. vertical consumption. You're not allowed to have it's vertical consumption. Called drinking while standing no, up. No, it's vertical consumption. Okay. What well, is? Fair enough. So if you're in an establishment inside. What about when house, <laughs> unvertical. House of Pain came on at 2 a.m. It's horizontal consumption. I was consuming everything. And what I will say about this is it will refine our ways of deciding what to do, what what's valuable and what's not in terms of how Absolute. we spend our time. It's been a great audit. It's been a social, <laughs> uh, it's been an audit of a lot of things. Yeah. It's like cleaning out the cupboard at the yeah, start of spring. Now you've got a fresh start. You've got a fresh start. You're right. What now am I going to pack into my life that has been otherwise boring. Absent. Absent. Yeah. Well, one man who's looking forward to getting something back in his life that's been absent for the last six months is a man who joins us right now. The Red Cherry. Uh, it's called playing cricket in yep. an actual competitive game, and he's chomping at the bit to do it. It's been delayed a little bit, but it will happen at the end of this month, we understand. The great Nathan Lyon joins us on Around the Grounds, the Saturday Morning Mowers Club this morning. How are you, mate? Yeah, going well, mate. How are you? Good, good. Um, you were meant to be at the moment in Adelaide, just chilling out with a bit of quarantine, but that got turned around. Uh, so we understand that New South Wales and Victoria, you're going to get a game in soon, mate. Is is that true? Is is it on the horizon for you? Well, I hope it's true, to be honest with you. Um, our, our, our plans seem, seem to change um, daily at the moment, but, yeah, no, I think it's going to be confirmed later this week or early early next week that um, that we're starting against Victoria and having two to three shield games, hopefully. So not sure where we're at yet, but... Um, Fingers crossed it'll be um, some, sometime soon and we can get cracking. Yeah, it's um, it's been a while for Australia. Uh, we go back to the India series in, in January and then playing for New South Wales in, in April. But since then, it's been one big off-season stroke pre-season. Um, spoke to you a couple of weeks ago in at Fox and, uh, yeah, you, you've treated it like a proper pre-season. I dare say you've outdone whatever Nick Davis was <laughs> able to do in the history of his career in terms of preparing properly. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Um, but yeah, yeah. Pre-season's been a little bit different, uh, to be honest with you. My first ever pre-season, so it's been really good to be able to reset our goals and do some solid fitness stuff and get fresh and spend a bit of time at home, which has been really nice. But uh, I'm absolutely chomping at the bit to um, get get back and, and playing some really competitive cricket. Yeah, Nathan, you're here in. AFL and rugby league, no, they've had a massive preseason. They're training the house. Who at Cricket New South Wales Cricket Show? Who's training the house down? Um, who's training well? I think yeah, everyone's training well to be honest with you because we've all had a really decent break. But someone like um, Pat Cummins, you look at you look at the way and, and the way Pat goes about his cricket is absolutely exceptional. And so I think he's been able to really reset. Um, everything. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how Pat bowls this summer um, in the World Cup, especially Ashes for me. I think he's, he's really enjoyed his time at home um, and he's still got the pending birth of, of, of his little one. So I think that's that's a really exciting time for Pat, but I think the way he's gone about pre-season with New South Wales cricket has been um, exceptional. He's really led from the front as well. What have you made of 
all the news bouncing around about ashes and who's coming, will they come full stop? It looks like they're coming now. It looks like it'll be pretty full strength. Um, have you always had it in your mind that it's just going to work out or are you worried for a while there that uh, you'd be playing against a, a third stringers, if anyone at all, from England? No, I, I haven't been worried at all, to be honest with you. I've, I've said, said this many times over the last couple of weeks. I think the Ashes series are, are the type of series that really make make people's careers. So I, I'd be talking about the bit to, to come and come over, especially come to Australia in summer. And I think it's pretty pretty good country to be in, especially in summer around Christmas time, etc. So I, I, I'd be talking about the bit to get out here. So yeah, I, I hadn't had any doubt that uh, we'd be playing against a pretty well full strength England side. In regards to grounds and, and sort of travelling around the country, have you got a preferred, if we if you've got a double up, would you, as a spinner, and it's not always that way at the SCG, would you like uh, two tests at the SCG as a, as the off spinner? Um, uh, well, yeah, I'd, to be honest with you, I, I love all the grounds in Australia. I know that's pretty cliche, but I've really enjoyed um, my career and, and going around the whole of Australia and playing there many times. So somewhere where like the Gabba is... is is a brilliant place to play cricket. The Australian, Australian cricket team love playing cricket there. Um, here at the SCG, we'd like to, all the New South Wales guys would like to play here in front of our family and friends twice. That, that would be quite nice. But then you've got somewhere where like the Adelaide Oval, which is, in my eyes, is probably the best cricket wicket in the world where it's a great competition between bat and ball. Um, we've got one pink ball going there, so if we have to move move one test for some unknown reason, then I wouldn't wouldn't mind Adelaide Oval being, being the one and having a red ball that one there. Seems to be a pretty good wicket. Even with the fact that it's a drop-in um, now, it, it hasn't changed it from the days when it wasn't a drop-in? Uh, to be honest, I think it's actually got better, to be honest with you. Um, I think the work that Damien Hoff, the curator down there, uh, I know he's not a boss, so I'm not going to be nice to him, but <laughs> he, he was absolutely exceptional when I was there. And I think he's, only, he's growing um, with knowledge and experience as well. So I think the wickets just keep, keep getting better and better up there, to be honest. 399 test wickets. I know you don't sort of play for the the individual awards, but ticking over to the 400, you'd be looking forward to that first wicket? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, obviously, I'd be lying if it wasn't wasn't on my mind majority of the time, but uh, I think the more important is coming out here and playing well and, and hopefully playing playing well and having five five wins so we can sing the song five times. That That's more important to me, but if I can play my role, then hopefully a few wickets will come my way and, and at the end of my career, um, in a few years' time, then hopefully that will be pretty special to sit down and look at and see where I get to. Uh, now, greenkeeping, Nathan, um, groundsmanship, all of those things. We're all about lawn cultivation here on a Saturday morning on SEN. Um, what's, your, what's the big thing that you had imprinted on your mind from whoever was teaching you about, you know, preparing a pitch or preparing a, a cricket field? to the best of your ability? What's the, what's the number one tip you can hand out to us? Oh, I think making making a, a pitch, I haven't done it in, in over a decade now, but um, the best thing for me was it was all about timing, timing of, of when you water and, and when you roll. Um, everyone seems to think um, without having any, any knowledge of it that you've got to roll a cricket wicket for... 15 hours a week, so, so it's nice and hard and flat, but you need a contest between bat and ball, so it's all about timings of um, when to roll it and when to uh, when to mow it and, and when to water it. So it's uh, all, that's probably the best advice I can give you without doing it in 10 years.
<laughs> the other advice that I've seen, I've seen this on a few ovals before as a groundsman, is to don't step in things that are going to kill the grass and then walk on the oval. I've seen a few. <laughs> uh, don't step in the pesticide and then walk. I've seen this on some of the footy ovals and you can just see the track marks where the groundskeeper's walked out with his feet. That's one thing that they, you would have absolutely learnt. Uh, yeah, 100%. And not walking on frost. So that was the best thing about doing my apprenticeship in Canberra. If it was cold, we just sat in the sat in the um, lunchroom until it warmed up, and then if it rained, we went home. So it's a pretty <laughs> crazy job, to be honest. Hey, what's the best? Like you mentioned there about Adelaide Oval, and that's a pure cricket thing because of the wicket. But what's the what's the best place to to play cricket? You would have been playing on some nice patches of turf, Nathan, around the world. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I think um, you look at. The, the top three for me um, would probably be Adelaide Oval, Lords, and probably somewhere like Cape Town where it's pretty um, amazing um, background and backdrop. So I think they're the probably three three big places for me. Um, but then you go to somewhere like Chennai in 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 India where where it's a, it's a different different challenge yet again. So yeah, I've got a lot of places actually that. Pretty fond of. There's a, there's a few places on the subcontinent though that you it, sliding in the outfield is a big no-no. Correct? <laughs> yeah, you've got to suck it up and get on with it though. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you bowl as many overs as what he does in the subcontinent, you, you've only got you're generally bowling. So you you got one you got an over where you got yeah, to you're try and just, you're not fielding as much as what uh, a lot of the other guys are. Yeah, hundred percent, and trying and stay well off those squares. So. There's not much grass on them usually. So, T Twenty World Cup uh, overnight. Glenn Maxwell um, start again for his IPL side, so it looks like he's gearing up nicely. But apart from that, uh, uh, the good form is a bit barren for Australia in this format. What are your um, thoughts about this huge challenge for our T Twenty squad over there in uh, the Middle East? Uh, I'm pretty excited by it, to be honest. Uh, I think uh, if you look at the squad, uh, I think it's a pretty well balanced squad. Um, I know a lot of guys aren't aren't coming off off a lot of cricket, but that can work in work work another way where they're extremely fresh and they can go out and and give it everything. So I think someone like Mitchell Stark is is pretty keen. I know he's pretty keen to get out there and and have some really solid performances. So I'm pretty excited by the by the prospect of of Australian cricket in the World Cup. Now, Nate, this morning we're talking uh, we're talking songs and. I think mm. when you think Australian cricket, you think Nathan Lyon is, you know, he's the man that, you know, he's under the Southern Cross. Under the Southern Cross. What's your, when the pubs are reopened, when the, the nightclubs are reopened, what's your anthem? What what's the, what's the one that gets the boys in the Australian cricket team when this song comes on, gets everyone singing? Oh, jeez. Um, I don't know. Well, we always played um, John Williams and True Blue yeah. before the, before mm. the team song. So that that's one big sign to get up and get singing. But, there's some interesting music taste going around the Australian mm. change room from from a few people liking One Direction to Ooh. to the heavy rock and all, all that stuff. So, I, but to be honest with you, I've got two daughters, so I only listen to what what's on the radio, and usually Pink covers me in sunshine or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah, bit of Katy Perry as well. Katy I've caught that action yeah. over the last few years. Um, is there anyone banned? From going anywhere near Trent Copeland, <laughs> the, the I, love, I, just love hang, I just love hanging around Copes. Trent Copeland, he's he's yeah yeah no Kim no, would te- Kim would Kim would one. tell him Kim would tell him what to listen to. She's in charge <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, hundred percent. He's actually got to call Kim before he leaves. 
I'm allowed to put anything on. So. <laughs> Is there anyone banned in the Australian team set up at the moment, though, that's um, like just banned? Just just stay away, mate. Just sit there and listen uh, to what we're putting it'd be, on. It would be, Mar- be Marnus. Marnus and Smithy, they're B1 and B2, so they'll probably be banned from from doing anything around around that. So they'd be too busy shadow batting anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not There's always when people like Marnus and Smithy are like, oh, I just want to put one song on. You're like, all right, put it in. And then like three minute in, you're like, turn it off. This is rubbish. One of my favourite um, one of my favorite scenes in the test was Mitch Marsh shadow drumming, I think he was, when, and then Justin Langer walks oh, in. DJ. Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, DJ. Yeah. Was he? <laughs> he looks lively. Yeah, no, he's a character. Um He's usually the life of the party as well, so hmm. no, he's good. So it'll be good to have him around a lot more. You need those types, um, Nathan. So in closing, when will you play your next, your first game of cricket? Have you been told definitively when uh, you're going to be able to roll the arm over? Um, well, we've seen seen the borders are oh, not the borders. The restrictions are lifting here in New South Wales. I think we're going to have a couple of trial games this week, New South Wales. But I dare say you're talking more. Um, professional cricket, so that's uh, games I think game. it's going to be end. Of, yeah, I think it's going to be end of this month. If I'm being honest, yeah, good. But I don't have a date for you. It's closing soon, and you will be playing uh, a game of cricket competitively for both New South Wales and then Australia. Look forward to seeing you out there, mate. And um, yeah, 400 plus are just around the corner in the Ashes. Can't wait, mate. And thanks for joining us this morning. Too easy, guys. Thank you, Nathan Lyon, joining us on Around the Grounds Saturday morning Mowers Club. Very good cricketer, very good groundsman as well. You're listening to Around the Grounds. Yeah, welcome back to the show. I'm going to go around the socials right now. We were going to talk racing, um, but we'll have that guest in a moment. But uh, I don't know if you saw this through the week, uh, Nick. Gibbo's picked it up. Queensland Bulls had a gear theft problem. Um, Queensland cricketers had some gear stolen by thieves who broke into a team van outside their Adelaide hotel through the week where they're playing the Shield and Marsh Cup games down there. Queensland's team van was broken into who smashed a window and stole items, including a new grey nick bat uh, belonging to Bulls wicketkeeper Jimmy Pearson. It's a bit of a problem for Jimmy because you want to use your own bat. Mm. Ever had some gear nicked that was particularly close to your heart because there was a famous one also through the week that I'll get to in a moment regarding a tennis player. Um, not really. Well, we've we've had stuff sort of go missing mm. on team flights and, and whatnot. We've had um, yeah some of your gear go missing and um, boots and stuff. So we sort of in the end, generally your number one tool, tool of trade as, as a footy player is your boots. So... We um we worked out that the best thing to do is to um to carry your boots on your on your luggage on with you. So if the if the bag smart went missing, play. Yeah. yeah, smart play. Don't want to be playing in slipperies. And you and then you you send your disco kit with the <laughs> send your disco covertly kit with, covertly with the property steward, <laughs> as we've spoken about before on the show, to to avoid traceable outcomes of going out. Because there was a horror show for Andy Murray through the week. You see that? I don't see much about Andy Murray. Okay, fair enough. But he uh, enlightened me. He's playing in tennis event in Indian Wells. Didn't he retire? Big event there. No, no. Oh, he had the hip resurfacing done. Oh, okay. So amazing, monumental effort to get back. And now he's he's playing some pretty good tennis. 
But he had an issue through the week. He was practicing at Indian Wells. He was in the, the tournament car to go back to the hotel. Um, he decided, no, they had a, a car given to them. He decided that his shoes were so stinky um, that he'd leave them under the car overnight in the hotel car park. So the next morning, obviously, he didn't want to stink out his hotel room. Yeah. Gets back to the hotel. But he wants to stink out the car. He didn't want to stink out the car. He put oh. them under the car, oh, yeah, like right. literally on the yeah, concrete yeah, yeah. of the car park, this under is, the car. This is similar hidden. to the lawnmower story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, comes back the next morning. Shoes are gone. Now, Andy Murray has, I don't know if it's a superstition, but he likes to play with his wedding ring on, but he can't actually wear it on his hand. So what he does, he ties it to his laces, his wedding oh, ring. I've got stories about this. So he's come back. Shoes gone. <laughs> Wedding ring gone. gone. <laughs> Marriage gone. Explain Teetering. That. Explain that one. <laughs> Teetering. So he put it out on social media. Can anyone help? By the way, if anyone's seen a pair of shoes, blah blah blah. Um, next day, it all got sorted out. Hotel security, I think, were doing the right thing and kind of saw those shoes and oh, took okay. them away, hid them. <laughs> Didn't know that there was a wedding ring on it. Handed back the shoes. Thank you. Wedding ring still on. Marriage saved. See? Yeah. <laughs> Sunk. Back on. <laughs> Have you got a wedding ring story? Yeah, we had that. We had, uh, we had uh, Swan's training session and one of the assistant coaches, same thing. We'd, he'd go out there, wedding rings on, off, whatever. But he took his wedding ring off, put it in his pocket. And when you're coaching, you sort of got whistle going and you've got your, your run sheet, you know, you mm. got your training session going. Mm. And training session happens, we go back inside, pulls the whistle back out of the pocket. Notes, training notes come out of the pocket. Wedding ring, gone. Oh, no. He's like, oh. And he's like, oh, I must have dropped it out on the field. So we sort of walked down the train room. He goes, oh, it must have come out when I have gone into my pocket to get my whistle yeah. out and that. And we're like, oh, here we go. Everyone? No. Oh, yeah, we did a bit of a, a bit of a yeah. sweep and couldn't find it. And this is, it was a night session. And he's like, I've got to find it in the morning because they're like, they're going to mow the SC. <laughs> They're going to mow the SCG the next day for the game. That's the end of the ring. All right, the end of the ring. So Nicholas, doing not much work, as Nicholas probably did, watched the entire training, because we filmed the training session from behind the goal. So you just yeah. get, from the moment everyone, someone walks out, it's filmed. Yeah. Plotted like a treasure map <laughs> for Henry Playfair. Plotted a treasure map and watched the session, and every time he put his hand in his pocket, drew an oval and put an X... <laughs> Him and his uh, now wife went there the next morning with the treasure map. Got it. It's like Dora the Explorer. Yep. <laughs> Every time he put his hand in his pocket on the map, I drew a little X. So here's the treasure map. This is the potential spots where it could be. And they found it before it got mowed. Dora and Boots found the, uh, <laughs> found the wedding ring. Very, very good. Hey, Yankees radio broadcaster um, John Sterling went into his signature home run call uh, until he realised... He missed something. The pitch to Stanton. Drove, there it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Out of the ballpark. A Stantonian home run. Now, wh what, did, what did I do wrong? What did I see wrong? He's at first base. Whatever. He missed it. He, he, 
He, I mean, he missed it. He thought it went out, but it bounced off one of the boards and went in. And the play <laughs> went to first base. So he, he thought it was a homer. This is a Terry Bailey. So he's <laughs> oh, poor old Terry. He's calling the action. And he's thinking it's he's gone, gone, gone. It's back, 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 gone. Not gone. But Adam and Nick, you've done a lot of commentary as well. Anything you've missed called or the biggest blunder you've sort of done or heard? It wasn't a massive blunder, but it was a Marsh Cup game, the first game of cricket I called for, for Fox and... Um, Marnus Labashane, he's hit it up in the air. Yes, oh no, it's taken. Well done. Marnus Labashane on his way. Was it Marnus? He was at the non strikers <laughs> end. Was that, la- was that last summer? <laughs> it was two summers ago. <laughs> what about you, Nick? How they mis- asked me back, but anyway. It's more sometimes in, in my commentary with the special comments, and you'll. Oh look! I really think Carlton are getting on back here. I think the the second half they they're really going to put it up. Sixty eight points later, they get flogged. You're like, "Excuse oh, me, got that wrong." <laughs> yeah, but you got to you got to you got to throw. Got to have a throw at the stumps. There's no point. And if you get it right, you sound like a genius. No, but you've you've always got to tease the listener or the viewer into thinking that you're watching or listening to a contest. Yeah. Oh, Count have been really good. They got the last two goals of the second quarter. I think if they can come out, look, their, their midfield's got on top. Uh, if they, if Paddy Cripps can get on top, yeah, they can really you know test the Swans in the second half. Eighty points, boom. Happens a lot in the second half of seasons in both AFL and NRL that you, you start, you almost start handing out encouragement awards for teams because they're going to get pumped. You're trying to find there's a, a great reason. disparity. You're in trying still. to find hope. You're trying to find hope, but there's nothing worse than finding out that there's no hope there. You're listening to Around the Grounds. And welcome back to Around the Ground Saturday Morning Mowers. How's what that? You're putting and on the voice. I'm putting on the host voice. And the new segment of Nick scrolls through his phone on a Saturday morning and finds someone interesting to talk to. <laughs> this mate of mine, we go back a long way. We go back to the days of, uh, of of being in charge of the two-year-old barn at Patnak Farm at Warwick Farm where we had... Yeah, no wonder. <laughs> no <laughs> no wonder, wonder Tinkler got out <laughs> or run out of money. Trent was in charge of the feeds and Nick was in charge of mudding legs. And we had a beautiful system. But joining us this morning on uh, Around the Ground Saturday Morning Mowers is uh, champion trainer, co-trainer, Trent Edmonds. Good morning, buddy. Yeah, morning, mate. How are you? I love that description. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of other things we can talk about. Some... I want to touch on working with Nathan Tinkler. What was that experience like for you both? Well, short-lived. <laughs> <laughs> there was one there. They were good times. You got paid, didn't they, you? They were... They were... Yeah, yeah, we, we all got paid. No, they they were uh, they were good times, and um, it uh, doesn't seem like that long ago, to be fair. It's Saturday morning as uh, as a horse trainer, what's your morning been like? Got a group run one group one runner in Melbourne, Alpine Edge. How's things looking down there? Yeah, well, as you know, mate, it's, it's hard sort of uh, not being able to be down there and whatnot, and, and training remotely. But um, he's staying with the Snowdens and. Uh, all the guys down there have done a fantastic job. So he's in ripping shape and, um, you know, he's, he's ready to go. Just whether or not he's got the class of some of the or the two favourites, first and foremost, not too sure. You're going to need a little bit of luck, but um, you can't win a race like that being at home in your box. Brilliant race. Caulfield Guineas, um, some fabulous horses have won it. I just want to touch on how do you actually train a horse remotely? Um, who do you trust down there to, to, to have the to be your eyes and ears, to, to stay across every little detail that you've got to get right to prepare a horse to, to win a race of this magnitude? 
Well, I suppose um, the most important thing is when you have some experience in, in travelling your horses away um, and you're staying with other stables like uh, the Snowdens, which when we take horses away, we stay with them every every time we go to Melbourne or Sydney. Um, and basically they, they fit into their system and they know they know our system they know uh you know what we want the horses fed and stuff like that too so um you know having had previous experience sort of having horses in their stable um when we were able to send our own staff down and that that's a that's a big help and just basically knowing the crew um andrew angelone who runs their melbourne stable and um a couple of the girls that work underneath him um i've known for years as well so uh you, you, you've got to put a lot of trust in them but um it's just about sort of forming a relationship and, and forming relationships and whatnot um, in times gone past and uh, trusting that they're good enough to do the job. Because if, say, it was Nick Davis you were sending down to Melbourne to prepare <laughs> for a Group 1 contest, I wouldn't trust. Uh, like Alpine Edge isn't trying to sneak out of its yeah. box and go to a local nightclub and get on the gas down there or anything like that. Oh, <laughs> I'd be worried about it. Um, its condition. If, if we all know Nick, we know he's uh, liking for the Colonel. <laughs> so if, he was, if, if, if he was to train the horse, um, I'd be worried. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one where you, you, know, you get your mate on, you're like, we're going to be nice. We go, okay. It's your idea. Because it's lucky because Trent was, and it's lucky, Trent, that you're not down there, because you had. Oh, and I'm going to get it out. I'm going to get on the front foot here. That I was strapping a horse one day, boys on tour in a group one race at Rarewick. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's laughing. And it's in the mounting yard and it stood on my foot. <laughs> and I fell over on, na- <laughs> on national television as I came past here. And I looked and someone was waving at it and it stood on my foot and I fell over. But Trent was known as the group one mock. We had a lot of, we had a, a lot of group one runners at, Padanac and Trent couldn't get one across the line. And then when we finished up at Padanac, Trent went for to Dali and the Snowdens. Yeah. Again, the group one mock. <laughs> like whatever whenever like if, if you saw that it was a Snowden horse in a group one race and Trent was leading it round, treat it as a scratching because it couldn't win. Oh, it's good to have mates, Trent. Yeah, you're actually, yeah, you're not wrong. I, I can I can list them pretty quickly. Retrieve in the yes. Derby run second, beat it in the Stradbroke second, beat it uh, in the Tats Tiara second. So um, <laughs> as a young fellow, you know, that's, that's you, you know, really enjoy going and strapping in them big races. And I, was, I would have loved to have uh, let in a winner, but as Nick said, it wasn't to be. <laughs> was Nick actually useful in a stable or was he there for his... You know, morale benefits. You know, keeping things light. Oh, he, you know, he, he he played he played a big part. He was he was a great morale booster, <laughs> and um, was I suppose you'd call him the jester of the stable. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah, Nick was in charge of anything that looked like it was going to come firing off the walker at a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you take this one. We used to have competitions, Trent and I, out at Warwick Farm, who could do the biggest skids with the horse <laughs> rearing backwards off the walker. And we used to measure them with our... Le- <laughs> with our <laughs> 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 I wonder if Nathan's... <laughs> Crazy times. It was Crazy good times. Time. But as I said, you, we've gone from Patnack to, to Snowdens and, and then your uh, your journey led to the, the training partnership with your old man. It must be um, very fulfilling. Yeah, mate, it is, and and um, sort of to be to be quite truthful, I think I've been up here for ten years in Easter at Easter next year, and obviously that's gone pretty quick. To be fair, um, 
And uh, if I knew sort of how much of a battle it was in the initial, I, I probably still would have been in Melbourne because early doors, like that 2012, I come up, he was renting like 37 boxes. He had 15 of them filled. Basically, 12 of them were breeze-up horses and, and, and just like pre-trainers and whatnot. So it was an absolute stinker for um, the first sort of two or three years. And then he just uh, basically backed himself and went and bought a couple of cheap yearlings that I think one of them won a stakes race. And uh, it was in the first crop of Iron Invincible, Basilique. He won the field and ready um, on debut and then sort of just got the ball rolling from there and tried to make every post a winner since. But, yeah, no, it's it's good. You obviously have some good days. You have a lot of bad days, but um, you just got to cop them on the chin, be pretty resilient and uh, keep getting up and turning up for work. You got Alpine Edge down there in, at Caulfield today in the Caulfield Guineas. You got any others in um, southeast Queensland we should keep an eye on on a uh, lazy Saturday afternoon after cutting the lawn? Mate, uh, pretty pretty ordinary day for us on the home front. That's that's obviously the number one seed there today it would be Alpine Edge in the Guineas. She's our boss. She's in the last at um, Eagle Farm. Loves the track. Uh, however, doesn't have a very good first up record. So I would suggest whatever she does today, follow her for the rest of the prep uh, leading into Magic Millions Day. You're a good man. You know, you know in life, Adam, where mm. like there's just certain like moments in time and you're like, geez, I wish I took a photo of that. Mm. I don't have that problem with champ. Like, there's just this one, it, like, I just captured the great man. <laughs> mm. Didn't I, mate? Who's telling the story uh, here? Are you going to go no, through no, no, Trent or Nick? No, no. No, no, no comment from me. He, he knows what he's on about, and I do too. <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. No, you won't. Yeah. Oh, no, there was we. Um, no, there was a New Year's Eve that we spent together, and you know that time where you should be there for your mate. I was just at the other end of the phone taking a photo of him, just not feeling. <laughs> where were you? We're on a bus going on home. On a bus. Yeah. We were on a bus and I was a little bit green. <laughs> he was not well. He was not well. But now, but now look at him. On that note, um, on that happy, wonderful memory, uh, we'll leave it there. Hopefully there's a good moment ahead for the family this afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us. Good luck to Alpine Edge. Not too much luck because I've ticked that, tipped Animo in the same race for my own putters club. So I hope you run a gallant second. And at, uh, yeah, well, I, hope, I hope you're wrong. Thanks, lads. Fair enough. All good, mate. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, Trent Edmonds, good friend of Nick Davis, and to share some uh, (laughs) stories there. Welcome to Nick goes through his phone and tries to find someone to talk to. That's a good one. Before we take a break, Nick, the point we were going to make before about um, transfer news. So AFL, they've just had their, what, trade week? Nothing much happened, really. Has it finished, trade week? No, it absolutely has not. Oh, it probably sorry. should. It goes for too long. It does go for too long. <laughs> oh, wow. It, uh, it's taken managers, clubs, players a little while to get their heads uh, around this and yeah. um, and how it can work for – everyone's just worried about giving up something. A lot of picks have been swapped this year. Uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, sort of high-profile high – uh, older players that were unrestricted free agents that could move around. Yeah. Probably the the main player, probably two main players was Adam Sierra, Adam Sierra that went from uh, Fremantle to Carlton. He was able to to get to the club that he wanted to get to. And the other one in, involves Jordan Dawson from the Swans, who's who's looking to uh, to get back to his home um, state of Adelaide and the Adelaide Crows and and how that sort of is going to play out. Swans think that he's probably 
apart from Sarah, the best um, free agent in um, sort of on the table there for any clubs and um, yeah, just trying to get a deal done. And I've, I sort of went through it and I've, I've sort of reached out to Dorso to just sort of check he's okay because I was sort of doing the same thing, trying to get back to to, to Sydney and mm. and you go, well, well, the Swans would like me to come back here but it, and then the Collingwood don't want to go. And it, it, it can be quite a um, an interesting time there to – to see where you fit in the landscape of everything and, and what value you and where certain clubs value you. So AFL have this set trade period where you, it's very regimented. You can't do anything outside the parameters of what has been discussed about the length of time the trade period goes and then there's rookie lists and yep. you can bounce back on and yep. whatever. Um, rugby league is just a free-for-all at uh, the end of the season pretty much and through the season. It's more, you can, it's more through the season. Yeah, you can sign when you want. Like uh, football, for instance, European football, uh, transfer windows, all football around the world. There's set transfer windows, Mm -hmm. but they have a couple of them through the year. What's the best way, do you think, taking into account player welfare? Like you look at America and you basically sign your rights away as a a professional over there. You sign a contract and they basically say at any given time up until the deadline of when you can do trades, you're off here. And sometimes players go through three different destinations mm. in 24 hours yep. before they land at their yep. new place. Yep. No, I agree with that. A lot, a lot of the trade and, and stuff here is a player wants to go somewhere, whereas in the American sport, it's no, you're going there. You're a commodity. You're, yeah. the, you're the commodity. I think uh, another thing in the uh, in the American sports, and to keep it somewhat fair, is is the waiver system where you can't – if you get cut, if you're, if you're a, a good player at the Broncos and you get cut, Mm. You then go the worst team. Let's just go Canterbury Bulldogs, for instance, this season. Mm. They get the first opportunity to take you off the waivers. Yep. Before you go to the open market. Okay. If that makes some yeah, sort of yeah, sense yeah, to you, yeah. so you get cut. the The team, so you can't go. Well, I'm just going to go from the Broncos to the Sharks or mm. Roosters or wherever. You get cut. Trades can happen, but if you just get cut as a free agent end of the year, you go into that sort of waiver market, and then the worst, and then it goes in the order of best of where. And if they don't like you, then if you clear the waivers, then you go to free agency, and then you can go to wherever you like. I, I just, I, I, I just think it's I, I like competition in sport, and and probably that's for one reason why, as a point of difference, the Premier League is something that I'm like. It's a, it's a free horse race. So I'll just watch it at the end. And if mm. one's miles in front, then I'm not going to watch it. Where the American sports, they've got, there's no one good system. And then sometimes the AFL have tried to mosh yep. a few together. And it, it, it just takes a little bit of working out. I reckon rugby league could do with a mid-season. And AFL as well. Like if you're player X and you're patently not enjoying it. You signed a three-year contract. Halfway through that contract, new coach comes in. He doesn't like you as much as the last bloke did. Mm. Have a mid-season transfer system like they do in yep. um, European football and Australian football as well, all around the world. Just go, okay, we'll do it in June. Um, let's go. Like, creates a bit of noise, allows the player to, to kind of maybe – like Tavita Pangai Jr., for instance, this season, was not going to stay around at the Broncos. They went, well – don't hang around here like a bad smell. Yep. You can go now. Penrith want you as the transit lounge. I'm not sure if that's the go, like going playing for three clubs within the space of yep. of 12 months, but maybe a, a mid-season transfer window yep. I'd like to see. NBA has similar sorts of stuff to that where they can sort of bounce around. You could play for a few teams uh, in the one year. But it's probably to, for that 
Vita Pangai, if he leaves Brisbane, well, then I said Bulldogs get first right. And they go, well, no, well, again, in the American sports, the clubs have more power mm. than the player. And that's down to the financials in it as well. Absolutely. Like you're on 40 million over there out here. The, the max for a footy player is what, 1.2 or something yeah. per season. Yeah. So you can't sign your life away for, for that amount of money, but you can understand it. Yeah. For, and it, and look, again, use Penrith in the example. You have the players signing Matt Burton signed somewhere else this year and they get the, did, Capel signs for the Broncos. You get to the end of the year and you're like, oh, geez, maybe I'll sign that a bit early or maybe mm. a bit of buyer's remorse. Yeah. Mm. I'm not sure. And there's always just been such a huge resistance to a draft system in the in the NRL. Just to... well, they tried it and it was deemed illegal. So they took it to court. Your mate. Who? Manly. Terry Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they tried it, and I don't think they're ever going to try it again. So, cost too much. Cost too much. Anyway, back in a moment to wrap things up on Around the Grounds, the Saturday Morning Mowers Club. This is Around the Grounds. Big Saturday Arvo ahead for everyone involved. Um, hope you've enjoyed our company over the last three hours or part thereof. If you've got the mowing done while you're listening, well, your gold standard as far as we're concerned. Yep. What's on this afternoon, Nick? I mean, you've already had one disappointment this afternoon. <laughs> your usual Saturday Arvo ritual has been my taken away home, from my you. My drive home has been, uh, I normally uh, knock over a Galo sausage roll or pie on the way home, and the pie warmer is uh, out of action. So I'm well, out of action. It's gone. It's gone. It is gone. So if anyone's to... listening from the sales department, if we could go find another one, that'd be fantastic. So I've got to do that too. If I, I will get another pie warmer. So it, uh Seven no, Eleven pie for you on the way 7-11 back. Seven Eleven pie. Geordie's with me, so we'll, um, she's she'll be happy with that. But no, I actually got a new outdoor uh, outdoor lounge, setting lounge thing. So I will uh, I will uh, open the the topsport.com.au app. Gamble responsibly for the majority of the afternoon. Keep I suspect. And Gibbo. Um, I'll be co-hosting the show coming straight after our <laughs> Sports Central with Chris stay Warren. Stay tuned, listeners of the Saturday Morning Mowers. Stay, clu- stay tuned. Uh, Gibbo, is, uh, he's got his own show. Yeah, well, Chris Warren will be helping me out on the panel. <laughs> <laughs> now, You've the- been busy. You've been DJing today. Oh, You've he's got emails. one more task. What one about more. the emails? Oh, well, we'll, we'll get say to them for next week. week. Yeah. They mustn't be in that We've got oh. the, one more task is to uh, play the, the winning song and the green keeping rooster. He, he, he's just lit up Nick's eyes when we uh, played this one. And here it is to see us out. The floor filler, favourite club pub song <laughs> of the morning. <laughs> Have a good Saturday, everyone. Chris Warren on the way. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um... Polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.